0: Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the Break the Rules stream, BreakTheRules.tv, Patreon.com slash Rules. You know it, you love it. Mike Cernovich is coming. Mike Cernovich is coming, don't you worry, he's going to be here soon. Meanwhile, right now we have for you Sticks Hex & Hammer 666, coming back, the amazing Sticks, along with the certified health nut. Troy Casey, and I think that Sticks is going to... I think that Troy is basically Sticks from the future. That's what I think <laughs> is going on here. And, uh, Tro- Troy, how old are you?
1: I'm 56 today. 56.
0: Nice. Can you believe that? That's what I'm saying. He's Sticks from the future. Who decided to, uh, uh, get out of the whole goth thing, and go into sunny California, and start taking mushrooms all the time, and, uh, I don't know, like, it is very interesting because, Troy, we're going to be talking about plant medicine today, both of the health variety and both of the psychedelic variety. When it comes to the uh, kind of lifestyle that you live, you could say it's kind of like this uh, California hippie lifestyle, you know, like with the surfers and things like that. And it's something that I think a lot of people on the
2: coastal areas other than, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> His, his, you mentioned the mushrooms and the cop showed up maybe <laughs>
0: okay okay everybody subscribe we're gonna get Troy Casey back he's uh <laughs> he's been running away from the archons the archons are out to get him that's what's going on how are you troy back doing, with us
1: good good man my assistant left uh uh the other computer on and I couldn't hear what you got <laughs> no problem
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna start over from my part about you because i was talking about you i was basically saying that you are sticks from the future coming back to california you know uh, smoking all the although i don't know if you actually partake in the smoking of the cannabis as much as the uh, microdosing of the various psychedelics out there where do you stand on cannabis that is a plan that is part of planned medicine let's start with that first
3: look at the comment imagine being a boomer (laughs) oh that's cruel come on
1: well i think i think cannabis uh like almost any subject on this planet is governed by the two forces that we have yin and yang and you can talk positively or negatively about it infinitum i'm going to talk always about whether you talk about food or or plant medicine or whatever you know is it organic is it sourced from the a good source if you're going to be smoking marijuana there's plenty of people growing it with glyphosate and other pesticides and other farm irrigation, just poisons on the farm. I, I know people that live up in Humboldt. Not everybody grows pure, so you're going to be wanting to source good. And then marijuana has a has a good side of it. It's fire, chucking it down your lungs can have an effect on that, but it also can give you insight. It can give you some creativity. Now, not every, that doesn't make everybody who smokes weed Snoop Dogg, right? Because then you want to look at your life. And is the life that you're creating, is weed making you lazy? Is it keeping you in the same loop? Uh, Is the smoking affecting your lungs? And then balance it out. It's all about balance. If you either use it or don't use it, do you have an addictive personality? And so uh, I don't advocate uh, smoking marijuana on, on my channel, but I talk about what I do and my own addictions and what I utilize or don't utilize. And currently, since lockdown, I've been enjoying spliffs for the last year and a half after being sober for many years. And my business exploded. And I realized being a little bit more calm and less aggressive and all up in people's grill is actually good for everybody around me. And so that's where I'm at right now. And I bought a vaporizer to save my lungs a little bit. So I like to be the yin and the yang and also as open as possible you know, and I don't want to smoke forever. And the vaporizer does help a little bit, but uh, yeah. And I like being clear, crystal clear for long periods of time and executing certain missions from that level of clarity. Um, So, Does that answer your question? That's my personal experience, which I can only teach from, right? And then there's two sides to, to, to look at it. And then there's always quality and the The level of medicine, medicine that you're ingesting.
0: It absolutely does. And I see a comment over here from Miller twice. And by the way, need those super chats, people. Uh, That's really going to help BTR. But uh, Miller twice says, weed is degeneracy. So (laughs) there is is this idea that a lot of, let's say, more reactionary people have today, that a lot of these various plants uh, that people ingest, end up being abused by people to such an extent that most people are not going to be like you. Most people are not going to be like Joe Rogan. Most people are just going to go the easiest route possible. And I'm curious, Sticks, what your opinion on that is uh, as well.
2: I think there are a lot of people that use weed in a a lazy sense, but then that's no different from any other substance. Um, I used marijuana, although I never really liked it back when I was doing know psychotropics of various kinds i never really liked it as much as like lsd or shrooms or something like that morning glory and and amanita muscaria were my favorites along with salvia um because i was doing it mainly for spiritual purposes that was my adventure at the time what happened actually and, and this dovetails into something that you uh spoke about when when we were still not recording which is my overdose what happened is then i was smoking the weed you know, wanted to be high for entertaining purposes. And of course that was legal at the time when I was smoking the spice uh, that I used, ended up overdosing and I haven't used any mind altering substances other than I was a smoker for a while, alcohol, which I've quit um, just for, you know, health purposes basically and then caffeine and tea and stuff like that. But like if you if you get really good homegrown chamomile and and you put a lot of it into the nice hot water, It'll hit you like a goddamn freight train. It'll hit you almost as hard as weed. That's not even an exaggeration if you use enough Mm. of it.
0: But are you talking about the chamomile that you buy in stores or are you talking about homegrown?
2: You can get good chamomile at a co-op from hippies maybe. Other than that, you got to grow it yourself.
0: Roman chamomile or German chamomile? Roman. Troy, do you agree with Sticks on this?
1: Yeah, he's a little advanced in his knowledge on the chamomile. Uh I didn't know the differentiation, but I will I will I will make a note of that. And yes, chamomile tea and we talked about this earlier before we were live. Uh I do believe that people need more yin right now and chamomile is is excellent for that. Um and just the knowledge of plants cuz sometimes you do need a little bit of yang or you enjoy a little caffeine buzz. And sometimes you, you know, Look, we're talking about plants and we're only talking about a couple. And there's there's thousands of them and our relationship with plants is, is old. Their ecological development is a lot longer than ours. And so we have traditionally made medicines, foods, housing, um, um, energy, firewood. We still burn firewood. And so our, our, our relationship with plants uh, has been subjugated for our modern domestication and being away from plants. Uh, But I think it's very important to really understand them at a much higher level.
0: And do you also think uh, that when it comes to the uh, cultivation of plants, getting closer to the earth, things like that, that there's going to be some kind of uh shift. And I'm going to be talking about this when uh, Mike Cernovich gets here as well. But do you think that there is a kind of shift happening right now where on one hand you're going to have the pod dwellers and on the other hand you're going to have people who forbid their kids Love your mic. Using... Oh, what about my mic? My mic's working. Oh, I guys... just zipped out for a little bit. Oh, okay. You guys hear me, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe so... like
3: check the cord. That could be it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, there are going to be probably people who are living in the pods and then there're also going to be people kind of like how St- uh, Steve Jobs did not let uh, his kids uh, touch the iPads from what I or legend goes that there are going to be people out there who are going to start cultivating more gardens, start being closer to the earth and not go into this uh, VR hellscape. Uh, well, do you guys see that uh, that transition happening?
1: We're already doing that here in Sedona, Arizona. My friend um Shams Tay, he's here. He's got the Sedona Greenhouse Project. And I'm like, how are we going to get all the kind of commercial retirees with beautiful million-dollar homes to mix with the hippies living in their vans and then the the other medium people? Well, food sovereignty is critical. If the, the trucking goes down, we get all of our stuff from California, all of it. And you see what's happening in California. So we built out the Sedona Greenhouse Project and lo and behold these old people have these projects and we roll up with like 30 people and we change their garden or their yard or whatever they they need like that they did my yard as well and so we are focused on food sovereignty now we don't have complete greenhouses and a store set up on 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 the highway which we will soon but there's only ten thousand residents here and the uh yavapai preparedness group just north of us is the number one preparedness group uh, in the country, I do believe. So we are thinking about food and food sovereignty. And we're, and we're also thinking about the juniper berries and the other medicines that grow locally here and the Indians have traditionally used. I have a peyote salve. Um, we, you know, there's plenty of medicine, a lot of Mojave chaparral. I mean, look that stuff up. That was banned there for a little while from the FDA. Um, why?
0: Why was it banned?
1: Well, I think uh, Doctor Schultz had some information on that. You know, it's anti, it's anti-cancer. It's anti. Uh, um, get a whiff of it. It's extremely strong. Is, I, is that
2: the stuff that had ephedrine in it, or is no, that a different? No, that was no, a different one.
1: No, that wasn't ephedra, which does grow out here in the in the desert as well, though. These little skinny branches, you can take them off when you're out m- mountain biking and so uh but there's there's so many plants that are so useful and we are focused on that here in sedona arizona and i'm spreading it out through my social media channels for other people and there's plenty of people growing gardens growing gardens is still (laughs) semi-normal
2: have you have you ever done any gorilla gardening because like one thing i did is i got nettles and chamomile and a bunch of things growing out beyond the property that we my family has in rutland And now there's like stinging nettles everywhere, which are great, by the way. You can you can saute them off and they're absolutely delicious and they're full of iron and and vitamins. And chamomile is now it grows everywhere there. And I think there are a bunch of other flowers actually up out in the woods, out behind the house now, too, because they were tearing out this uh, huge area to make a path. And I figured, well, it's already tilled up. Why not?
1: Yeah, we are uh, we are bombing it with uh, mycelium. And uh, they just did my yard. I don't know if I can get this camera to work properly. Oh, oh you're not
0: on camera right now. And by the oh. way, all the there we go. All those who are listening, don't forget to subscribe. Break the rules. TV. if you like what you, you're hearing right now. And
1: check your so they, local
2: laws if you want to do guerrilla gardening. <laughs> exactly.
1: So they're just doing she, some agriculture on here and uh, getting the soil ready. And somebody already did the yard. See, we're here in Sedona. Right here, we've got the the stone Buddhas all around us, but uh, we, we are focused, and I've never grown food my, my whole entire life. I, I, lived in the, I lived in the big cities, and so this is the first time for me, and, uh, but I do think food is the, the most important, or yeah, pretty important. So as far as the amount
0: of deaths that occur in the United States today, you know, whether we're talking about obesity, heart disease, all this kind of stuff, what is the average american uh, diet i mean i could guess what it is but i'm not in the actual homes of the people who eat in a particular way and uh, also sticks do you notice there is a difference in europe let's say where you're living right now as far as what people consume i know you're a fan of i know you're a fan of ketchup by the way we're going to get to the ketchup question
2: about weed (laughs) ketchup which is full of corn syrup my my main guilty pleasure um there's a huge difference number one. Uh, I would say if you look around at stores here, Americans might be surprised because a lot of the products will be made in will be imported from Mexico, parts of Central America, the Caribbean, or in some cases at least processed in China. Here it's almost all European because of their trade agreements. Um, so most of the food that's consumed here came either from the Netherlands or from a nearby country like France, Belgium the UK sometimes. I know that's not part of the same economic community fully anymore. Um, I think in the United States, there's a huge differential that I don't think exists quite as much here between people who have healthy and unhealthy diets. So you'll have like one group of people, they eat nothing but television dinners and chips and soda. And you'll see, like if you go to the store, especially in the United States, the person has like five or six, you know, two liter, Coca-Cola's and, and a bunch of chips and hot dogs and shit like that. Or they're on the flip side and they're like Uber into the health thing. And it's just a pile of vegetables and fruit, sometimes even to a fault. Uh, I think there's more of a moderation here. It's like vegetarian stuff. I think even though it's a huge offering is probably less common because of the sausage culture here. <laughs> you got the, uh, the Hema, uh, Rookwurst and things like that. It's definitely overall healthier. The other part's physical activity because, I mean, half the population here probably bikes more often than they drive. Problem is the United States, things are more spread out because there's more room and it's not necessarily quite as possible to do that for the average person.
0: And uh, Troy, what has been your experience? Because I know like living in California, there's generally gonna be a lot more, especially the people you hang out with, a lot more healthier people. But Americans in general, and it's very unfortunate, But uh, I think we did in a certain way succumb to there being too much creature comforts that there wouldn't be that much of a reason for people to eat. And also, what would you say about food deserts? You know the idea that there would be certain places where people wouldn't be able to uh, afford anything uh, good to eat. And by the way, Mike Serenovich is here with us for the first time on Break the Rules. Welcome, Mike. It is a great pleasure to see you. Let us do a quick uh, test of the audio right now. Can you hear me? Can I hear you?
4: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven,
0: eight, nine, ten. Excellent. Nice. That sounds great. So right. we were just talking about food deserts right now. That's the question that I proposed. How much what, is about re- what? food deserts the idea that certain things that let's say uh troy and uh, the people he knows would be able to get not only food but also gardening uh herb medicine things like that that most americans are not able to access this and this goes back to what i wanted to ask regarding whether we're going to be seeing a split of people who are going to succumb to the uh live in the pod eat the bugs culture and others (laughs) who would you know (laughs) I guess uh, I wouldn't say rule over them. Some would just go independent, live in their own ways. But uh, whether we're going to see that split happening. So, Troy, I'm curious what you make of the food desert situation. And is this something that can be remedies or is this too big of a problem?
1: Food deserts already exist in in the ghetto, you know. Food deserts already exist traveling across the United States of America, going into AM, PM and whatever convenience store. Food deserts exist already in Mississippi where they invited me down to speak, but they said, "You, hey, you can't talk about organic food. And I'm like, why is that? Well, it's not really available. The the bait store, gas station, check cashing place doesn't you know, sell anything else but Twinkies and Pringles. And so, so food deserts already exist in certain areas, right? I can't get food when I'm traveling. There's nothing I can buy in a convenience store. I've already done the math. Maybe some plastic bottled water. Maybe an unripened, gassed banana or, or <laughs> some very toxic peanuts. I don't know. You know, but that that's the most natural stuff you're going to get into a 7-Eleven on the road. Uh, and Chipotle is a big upgrade from there because at least they're non-GMO and whole foods. And you can usually find that on the road. So I'll say that. But other than that, food deserts already exist. Uh, only four to, My understanding is only 4 to 6% of the food on the market is uh, organic um and
0: uh and even with organic that doesn't necessarily always mean what people uh assume it means like there are various loopholes into getting the organic uh, label right
1: uh correct to a certain degree but at least you're moving towards a higher quality somebody's paying attention and those certifications aren't cheap so um, so but yes it, that that is true there's higher grades of Organics. There's Oregon TILT certification. There, there's like 37 governing bodies of organics and quality assurance. And so, the higher grade uh, uh, certifications are better. USDA uh, organic certification is only three years, no pesticides. It doesn't cover composting and fallowing. It's not true organics. So, the USDA is just a step above commercial, to be honest. If that's all they're doing, mm. um, I have a lot to say about food but food sovereignty and wrapping your head around food and real food is 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 the conversation because the shit they're feeding people let's go back to 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 a baseline uh 70 percent of the american people are obese or overweight right now that is a health issue major there was a pandemic there was an epidemic before the pandemic (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, indeed, and we are going to be doing for some YouTube uh, purposes. So, op-sec. Our next stream, by the way, it's going to be with uh, Clint Russell, aka uh, Liberty Lockdown, and half of it, the second half, is going to be on Odyssey. That's going to be the uncensored version. YouTube, uh, it's going to be too hot for YouTube. But anyway, uh, Mike, I would like to ask you uh, that uh, aforementioned question regarding whether there is going to be this uh, split. I think we're already seeing it to a certain extent, but this great reset idea. I doubt that the people who are in the know as far as what's good for their health, as far as paying attention to various technological trends, I doubt they're going to be the ones who are going to be living in the pod and eating the bugs, so to speak. So what do you see happening down the line? Do you see it being a split sort of like in the time machine with the Eloi and the Morlocks? (laughs) Although in that case, the Eloi were totally brain dead. They were just living on behalf of the Morlocks and uh, the Morlocks were using them for food. So that's not a great example. But uh, I am curious, uh, Mike, uh, what do you think will happen down the line as far as health, mental health, and uh, what people will end up consuming?
4: I, will, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm not sure which angle you're taking because there's so much on Twitter that... That um, I'm thinking about right now with the, the, the great divorce, the national divorce, which I don't see as being a remotely credible because logistically, how would that happen, right? What I see happening in the future of the U.S. is like Mexican drug cartels meet Neil Stevenson snow crash, right? <laughs> so a lot of people, you know, you hear about the cartels, the Mexican cartels, and what are they really – well, what happened was a group of Mexican special forces soldiers felt like they were being mistreated, not being treated well by the government. and They just left and then they decided they were going to become their own sovereign entity, so to speak. And if you want to to be a sovereign, you have to have funding. And that's how they got into the drug business. It started off, though, as the there's a you know warrior culture in Mexico dating back to the Aztecs and predating that even. And they so they split it off, and now they carved off Mexico into territories. And unfortunately for me, um, for all of us, I think that's far more likely to to result. There isn't going to be a neat, nifty, uniform split where some people have control over here, some people have control over here. It'll it'll be carved up. You'll mm. have cartels carving up the country. Which, frankly, I mean, there's a there's a great quote that goes something like. Uh, amateurs talk tactics professionals talk logistics and if you look at the country you would just have to say what would it take for a cartel of 250 well-trained people to start cutting off supply lines right that's where the government should be not lo- you know reading people's tweets and mm. trying to you know incite people into doing criminal actions or faking kidnapping plots has happened in Michigan. What keeps me up at night all the time is if you just look at a map and you look at the arteries and you you realize how fragile it all is, right? How fragile a logistic system is, what would it take? So I don't foresee any kind of clean, uh, divorce
3: hmm.
4: clean civil war because there is no civil war because oh. we're, we're post that era. We're post that era where, here, here, Tennessee decides to secede. Okay. Then th- their internet just gets cut off. Right. How yeah. do you communicate? Well, you know, your cell phone towers go out then. W- w- there's no people. There's a, there's another quote. People like to fight or rather generals fight today's wars using the tactics of the last war. Right. So if you look at world war one, they were fighting like it was the civil war, which was okay. Guys with guns, we're going to run across and get you guns. And if you even look at the Civil War, the end of the Civil War was the beginning of trench warfare. So, the Civil War, right as it was ending, they kind of discovered trench warfare. So, that's what people are doing now. They're thinking, okay, Civil War, okay, there was a Civil War in the US in 1865, and there was the blue and the gray, and there was a and Civil War here.
1: Battlefield of the mind, Mike,
4: and we're dominated fucking
1: social media. This is what we're fucking doing, bro. The fight is on the fucking front lines
4: right here, dog, with you. Well, the 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 fight really, yeah, is spiritual, <laughs> but physically. Mm. Well, it
0: physically... well, is a spiritual battle at the end of the day, and I want to get into the spiritual aspect uh, soon. But before that, just to clarify, Mike, what I mean—not so much a divorce or a split uh, of uh, various factions in the U.S more of a, a split, uh, or rather, more of a decay of the American dream, more of a decay of the middle class, where there would be people who would be living in more of a ghetto situation. You could say in favelas... Uh, a Brazilianification, if you will, while there would be a few people well, that would do their organic farming and would, you know, have this uh, cushy lifestyle aided by technology. Like, the movie I'm thinking about, for example, is Elysium. Like, that would be an example, although not so much in a space station. More, there would be certain areas that would be protected by uh, private uh, military contractors and other areas where it's going to be more of a like wild South west. Like South Africa, more yeah. But I don't know. That's uh, That may happen, but I'm curious. Do you see something like that? happening as well and this is for everybody uh after uh, mike as well
4: well I, i'm 44 and i grew up more or less as a peasant this a lot of these trends i don't think are new that you can look at jaw size for example and how that correlates to people eating a processed food diet i luckily avoided that just barely because when i was poor you didn't it was weird when i was poor you didn't get the good processed food like the little debbie snack cakes you had to eat <laughs> beans and kind of hard food. You would eat pork chops that were like so dry that you could you could barely <laughs> chew on them. you' didn't like food th- leather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank God I grew up poor because had I grown up poor 10 years later, then that's when the processed food generation hit where people are fed as a, a, the equivalent of dog food basically. And that was kind of happening for me. But yeah, I remember a little Debbie snack cake. That would be like a real treat. That kind of, wow, you have a and your lunch, you know, like you'd have your packed lunch. You're like, wow, you have uh, those two little rolled up chocolate things. You didn't get stuff like that really when I was poor. You had ham hocks, but it was, it was peasant food is what you ate. It was, there is even a whole genre if you're into food or cooking called peasant food. And that's because that's how poor people would eat. But now it's more efficient for poor people to eat out of a burlap sack essentially. So I grew up as a peasant in a peasant class poor, my dad depended on a factory job, that one factory in the small town closes down. Guess what? Dad doesn't have a job anymore. Well, guess what? There's just like, there's no money. Luckily, there was like welfare and food stamps and stuff, which is why I don't um, like most conservatives rail against that kind of stuff, because I've seen how it's used in, in, in a normal way. So I think we're already there. And I don't know why, what would change that? Right. So we're already there. We were Mm -hmm. there in my generation, Generation X, where we're trending there. It's gotten worse now where I can't even I'm so out of touch with people, with men who are, say, like under 25, that they're they might as well be a foreign species to me. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Like, they're just weak. They don't have any drive. Oh, I don't know what to do with them. Then get a job. I don't know. Like when I grew up, like you didn't have money. You just you got a job. What kind of job? A shitty job. Like I detassel of corn, weighted tables, like just shitty jobs. That's what you did, because you wanted money. And now they're like, Oh, I can't get this, I can't get that. And I think a lot of that is is due to food, the food mm. poisons and you know, toxins or whatever whatever people want to call. It. So I, I mm. think we're we're way on that track. Well, I'm curious as well, integrated. Six, hole. The-
0: Do you agree with uh, Mike's assessment here that uh, food is uh, one of the primary reasons why, let's say, I wouldn't, I don't know if millennials would be within this group too. I think they would be. Millennials, Generation uh, Z, whether the reason why they can't get as good of a job is inside of them versus there being way more things that they're up against today that previous generations were not.
2: Uh, I I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, they can't really compare their plight to the Great Depression or something like that. That would be unfair, Uh, but times are certainly hard. The problem is that in the post-Boomer generation, everyone got used to everything being available and everything being like almost like a a neo-roaring 20s. And now that globalist experiment has begun to fall apart and millennials especially were told, just get a, a piece of paper that says that you graduated from any college And you'll start off making 50K a year, which was, you know, a great lie told to them by their boomer parents and by teachers in the state. As far as the uh, idea of like the live in the pods, eat the soy stuff, uh, weakening, especially male individuals among the younger generations. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Um, People should be eating more animal fats and green roughage, I guess. Another thing, though, and I think this is something that doesn't get brought up enough because there's a lot of blackpilling and demoralization, too. A lot of that is relegated to urban centers, a lot of it like uh, coming from small town America and having been from an even smaller town, not even really a town. Those places haven't really changed so much. It's not, you know, bug burgers and soybeans and, you know, people with rainbow colored hair. It really is still the way that it has been for decades and decades. You go to a city, though, it's completely different. I think city living is a bigger problem. I think if we look at the rat paradise experiment, I think it was Calhoun. um, I think that there's a sensory overload that goes on in overcrowded urban areas that's almost more to blame than even what people are eating. I, I think that they're constantly bombarded with sex pheromones and it's feminizing men masculinizing women, number one. And number two, they are adding insult to injury with their diets And exercise, and some of it you can't blame them because of food deserts, as Troy said, number one, which can be overlapped with those urban areas, at least at least for the lower classes, especially. Um, But again, if someone, in order to, if they're they're in San Francisco, they're from the lower class, they're sleeping four to a room to get a micro apartment, and they have to work double shift at Wendy's. They don't really have a lot of time or expendable income. They don't have the money for a gym membership. They don't have the time or a safe place to go to exercise because they're in hell, <laughs> and it's called the city.
0: And then what is well? I want to get to Gio because I know that uh, Geo has a question. Go for it, buddy.
3: No, no, not a question. Rather, what what Mike was saying about the way that people talk about discourse around national divorce and how I guess to thread it into what we're talking about, how people approach both the current, I would say, uh, biosecurity state, but also health in general. I mean, I know it's a meme, like the right-wing bodybuilder, but I do think that, speaking of right-wing bodybuilders, it's funny because I remember BAP said that you can envision political rebellion or divorce in the 21st century as similar to like the cartel wars in Medellin in like the 80s. It's not going to be, I think, some dramatic, like, you know, everyone who is of the blue camp go to this state everyone who is of the red camp go here uh there's sort of a air of impossibility to that but i really think that the reason these discourses are popular is that it goes back to a lot of like the typical i would say rod dreyer benedict option stuff where people can't envision any sort of true political rule mm. because the problems that we're facing are so immense and i think even the way that people talk about discourse around food and around health nowadays more than ever is sort of similar to that we can't really envision um an alternative outside of the corporatocracy outside of like i don't know i mean well i know there's like the politically incorrect terms for it but let's just say you know bug bug world chow if you will and i think a lot of this is interrelated and i really don't know how any sort of um solutions there are that are tenable apart from people radically restructuring their lives to accommodate things like their own food independence and gardening and so Mm. forth well, so, another I thing know. I notice,
0: We're... another thing I notice pushing uh, back against uh, the future is uh, the uh, picture behind uh, Mike, which I recognize as also being the cover of the Seraphim Rose book, Orthodoxy and the Religion of the Future. So, Mike, I'm curious, mm-hmm. have you heard about this uh, book?
4: Yeah, I've I've been down the. I've gotten really interested in Orthodoxy as a religious tradition, if only because I grew up in. I just always have found Christianity as practice to be like soulless. Um, I think that's why a lot of people in the West would get into more Eastern spiritual traditions because there, there feels like there's more substance to it versus like the whole buddy, Jesus, give us your money, you know, Creflo dollar, Joel Olstein. <laughs> I, you know, I need a jet. Here's my veneers. And that kind of vibe. It just always felt kind of empty. And i like the orthodox i enjoy reading them i have um i do a lot of reading in the orthodox tradition now and they're just very hardcore i like hardcore people uh, personality wise i like people who are like look this is the way this is the one true way to worship god it's going to be a lot of suffering it's a narrow path you got to bear your cross you shouldn't meditate because that makes you feel good and feeling good (laughs) is actually not consistent with christian i'm like okay i'm not sure i'm buying into all this but I love it. I love I love Mad Men, kind of. And, and the Orthodox tradition is, hard, is hardcore. It's richly argued. So I go down various religious rabbit holes. I went down the Gnostic rabbit hole years ago and then later. Because when you read any kind of spiritual text as you get older, it, it does change because your own interpretation changes based on your own life. So I'm really – I like the warrior iconography. I just always start Christianity, you know, and here goes my – presidential aspirations down the drain as as this gets clipped out of context, but it just felt soulless, right? Like you go to a church, you know, fake, fake people, Mm -hmm. very judgmental, very, anytime I, I even notice that even when I tweet something religious, people assume I've never read the Bible and they'll be like, well, that's not right. According to the Bible, I was like, I guarantee you that I've read the Bible more times. Like I just, you don't know anything about me. You don't know anything about my past. Like you I'm just some avatar. I remember the
3: Islam creator. tweet was a particularly spicy one. Which one? That was the the
4: Islam tweet where Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I remember the, that one. <laughs> so I lost eleven thousand followers on that one. Um so people, people like to make assumptions and I, I just have saw a so I'll tweet about Christianity and they're like boom, one verse, and it's like, well, yeah, but there's like ten other verses contradicting that. So any, anyway, that's a, a long way of saying that. I find it an interesting religious tradition um, whether i'm going to convert to that or any other religion i don't really know mm. um but it's
0: well, d- it is interesting and it does go hand in hand with the subject of this discussion which is plant medicine part of which is psychedelics things like uh, ayahuasca things like dmt where people are able to go into what they describe as a realer than reality type of state and the questions that uh I always think about is, what is it exactly that's going on here? Is it in your mind, or is it actual beings that are interacting well, with you in this in this realm can of I thought?
3: challenge Cernovich a little bit, though?
0: Sure, just go for it. Just a little bit. But no, then what? I'm going to go
3: the challenge. to yeah.
4: Everything was open-ended. Yeah. No, no, no,
3: I know, I know. I'm just uh, well, I, I think that you know, I, I'm still uh Catholic for many reasons. Uh, to quote Psalms, you know, I hear the whispers of the crowd from all sides, and I'm terrified. And I think that a, a big problem is that, especially in America, I've noticed, uh, like, church deity has really, and religious authority in general, has really, like, let down the people. I think that education within various religious orders especially has been lacking. And I think as time goes on, Eastern Orthodoxy will become more attractive to many younger people who want more of a traditionalist lifestyle. Um... Did but you see, means, I don't want to interrupt uh, you, but I
4: just want to, I want you to yeah, talk about something. Did you see that Catholic the, the 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 US Conference of Catholic Bishops thing they issued yesterday? Uh,
3: I think I've seen it, yeah, but go, okay, go so ahead uh, and well, So
4: pull it up on the timeline. So um it's because it's interesting. It's that USCCB and it it's Catholicism and, and as you say, church it, it reads like a, a McKinsey and company statement a principle so it says you know if your religious practice should involve innovative outlook inclusivity open-mindedness listening accompaniment i don't even know how to say accompaniment co-responsibility and dialogue oh. yeah i'm not i'm not oh. looking to church for that word salad right oh. i can go who moved my cheese right i can go pick up the one minute manager i can go pick up the seven habits of highly effective people if i'm looking for something spiritual I don't want to hear because I believe in inclusivity because um, we're all different people. And I know that there's five different religious viewpoints here, including no religion. And and that's inclusivity. But that's not what I go to for spiritual guidance. Right. And exactly. And what was this that is word terrible word? levels okay. of Novus
3: right here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
4: I, what was that? What was that word? I couldn't even say um, accompaniment. I don't even know what that is. A Accomp- accompaniment. I guess that means mm. we're accompanying each other.
0: It sounds ho- like something out of Tumblr, honestly. Like a Yeah, lot of these- yeah, really.
4: And this is the first <laughs> conference of Catholic bishops, right? And then they're oh. wondering, why doesn't anybody go to church? Well, I, mm. there you go. That's- this is what oh,
3: I mean. What? The American clergy especially, mm. I hate to say no, it. But I, but I, but but I think really, we're going, I think oh. honestly
0: we're going past a lot of this stuff where a lot of these things, unfortunately, are going to be givens. But people are going to have to make a choice in the future, whether they're going to go into some particular religious faith and not really go outside of it, like you were talking about, Mike, or whether they're going to be exploring various things and figuring things out, which is with its pitfalls. But this is, and I know, Styx, you only have 10 minutes left, you got a hard out. Where do you, uh, Where do you see yourself as far as this? question of exploration because one of the things that were being brought up in your conversation with a uh, Jonathan Peugeot highly recommend you guys check out that stream on the uh, break the rules TV but one of the things was I believe Jonathan talked about how when you are following this particular faith of uh, Christianity you're already headed into the direction of apotheosis with the one true God and any other let's say adventurism within the mystical realms almost seems like you're wasting your time as opposed to just doing something that you're going to have to do eventually. I I don't want to phrase him wrongly if I uh, said something not exactly to what he meant, but that's pretty much what I personally got out of it. So, Styx, uh, let me know what you think.
2: Well, I still hold to my initial opinion, which is that there's more than one mountain you can climb uh, and that that would be effectively claimed by... Any religion, and by subgroups within religion. sometimes they fight one another over the same thing. I actually uh, got done editing uh, a work not long ago on Christian mysticism, uh, speaking about that, and it goes through and talks about some of the philosophers and greater minds—Aquinas, Spinoza, and so forth. It even talks about the use of anesthetics at the time. This is, you know, really early 20th century, and how they had to debunk or, or rather, refute the concept of authentic mystical experiences that were witnessed by people um, well under the influence of chloroform and things like that because people would swear up and down, hey, I was a mystical experience, there were angels around me and stuff, uh, or just general feelings that people had. It was interesting, though, that at least a few of the more pagan minds of prior times, Proclus is a big one, are always given a pass <laughs> by these people in the same sense of Dante saying, "No, no, no, the uh, virtuous pagans—they're not actually suffering in hell. It's not in heaven. It's a little bit of a workaround that I've seen." Uh, I, I would say, though, that gets a little bit off the topic of uh, of plant medicine. I think related to religion, though, it's an interesting thing we could talk about as well sometime and have more of a fleshed out conversation because I mean the coevolution there is. I mean, even from a uh, uh, you look back at the uh, concept of mistletoe within Norse mythology and then taken by Latter-day pagans, um, the idea was that if mistletoe ever crossed the threshold of a church, that that would bring the end of the Christian's tyranny and so forth. And now occasionally groups of Wiccans will like take mistletoe into the church just symbolically, mm. and it's very, very cringy and funny. And I
0: definitely want to do this again if you guys are interested in talking about the religious aspects as well. But going back to psychedelics, I'm going to ask again the question that I asked before related to this DMT landscape. From uh, your guys' opinions, what do you think is going on here? Is this uh, an emanation from realms beyond ours? Or is this something that simply happens inside of your mind?
4: Yeah, I would would say that... um... I wish that stuff like that happened inside of my mind because what I see is not anything that I could have ever imagined. Right. So I I don't know that resent is the right word, but I find the idea that if you you do a, a ceremony with ayahuasca and you know, Costa Rica or Peru or wherever people do it, you're hallucinating. And well that would be I, can I hallucinate like that now because the images and stuff that I see are beyond. Anything that I ever could have imagined, they're beyond anything that I've ever seen anywhere. And it feels more real than real, which is what I think a lot of people who have never had a lot of experience with the the um whatever you want to call them, the plants, the substances, the medicine, mother, whatever cliche people want to use. Cause I watch all I watch these guys from John Hopkins going Lex Friedman, and they're all talking about it. And I'm like, man, you guys are missing a gear. You've clearly never gone there. And then they'll say, well, we have it because then it would discredit our work, which I think is revealing that if you actually use the compound you're talking about, that would make you even more of a fringe in your field, even though that's what you're studying when you. So when people say it was a hallucination, I was, I would just say that, have you ever been there? Because wherever you are feels like that's where you're supposed to be. This world feels like you were taken from that world. Because you belong in this other place and we're here so this this is the hallucination hmm. where we're living right now this reality or whatever we call reality is the hallucination and then wherever you're going to is probably where our souls came from or our souls when they when they become embodied in a physical body and impacts what we see or how we do or you know whatever the case is and oh and by the way the the loophole around hell and and how people who would pre-christianity how could it just god send them to hell the answer to that is hell and i become i'm becoming more and more sympathetic to this even though it's um heresy is hell is when you're separated from divine light and divine love so hell isn't a place you go it's a place that you're not so you're not connected to divine love you're sort of somewhere else. And then that gets spun up as... Hell hmm. oh, is meted- privation according yes. to
3: Aquinas.
0: I, uh, I definitely like that idea. And there is a certain Kabbalistic uh, thing going on there that I want to get into a little bit later. But Sticks, I you have to go very soon. So my last question, starting with you, Sticks, but for everybody as well, is where do you see the role of willpower playing when it comes to planned medicine? Because there is still a part of me that feels like if you use an external substance to get to a certain place without, let's say, training yourself to get there through the uh, front door, so to speak, then it's almost like you're prematurely seeing certain things that you would have otherwise seen if you would have trained your willpower to be able to experience those, like, let's say, some of the monks do.
2: Well, if we're talking about the, the concept of psychotropics, I would say that I completely disagree with that. I would say that those are states that people can access. I don't agree with, for instance, the yogic sort of opinion that opening one's kundalini or attempting to master raja yoga or something is dangerous or can drive you mad Um, person who has latent health issues of the brain mental health issues maybe they shouldn't be dropping acid all the time I love it when people try to say it causes schizophrenia which is clearly bunk Um, having made those experiences myself it was actually when I used a synthetic substance, made in China, of course, uh, that I had a problem. Everything up until then, I may have had trips that weren't fun. I may have had trips that weren't you know, mentally pleasant for me, certainly the time that I did mushrooms and accidentally did four doses instead of one because they were a different kind than I expected. It wasn't a fun trip, but it was eye-opening. It wasn't dangerous. Once you come out of it, you're like, oh, that was interesting, and, and that's
4: really what happens.
0: Interesting, and uh, Mike, what do you think?
4: Well, I, you know, that's why I like to hear the Orthodox perspective. I just watched one of the, the father, I forget his last name. Spiridon. Yeah. Yeah. So he calls it heresy it. and sorcery and everything, because it's something I think a lot about because I was pretty atheist hedonist before plant medicine. Just like get paid, get laid, go to the gym, have your hedonic <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> And life was really very simple, actually. It was very simple uh, to live that way. Uh, and then, you know, once you, you get a lot with the plants, I'm like, okay, so God is totally real. So now I'm in the phase of well, what, which God, which tradition. And then so that that's why I like those guys to say that's bad, that's wrong. What, what, like I said, I've done meditation for years. I've read a lot of spiritual writing for years. Other than Emanuel Swedenborg, I don't think I've ever read any account of someone experiencing what you can experience with the plant medicine so the the thing that i hear a lot of people say is well plant medicine and this is what the father said in his video is well that's a shortcut to a divine state you can get there on your own and i would say well i've read a lot of theology over the years and other than emmanuel swedenborg i don't think anybody's ever come close to the states that you experience and the like the connection to divine love the the sense that like I believe the Bible. Like if you're on, you know, say, a gram of mushrooms, to so where you're not totally flipping over into ego death, but you're like plugged in, right? You're you're plugged into whatever it is you're plugging into. The Bible, it makes so much sense. Yeah, we should love everyone. Why do we treat each other like this? I can't believe when you harm one of us, you're harming yourself. D- hurting others, even when they hurt you, is is hurting yourself. It's hurting the collective. And you believe all that, and then of course you you come back to the real world and somebody cuts you off and your mother, you know, and it it goes away, unfortunately, although I think over time it gets better and you can connect more to those states. But I can just say personally, having done a lot of um, religious training for a very, very long time, I don't think you can get anywhere close to that, that you can get on Mm. a, a gram of mushrooms with some, you know real insight and some real journey i think it's completely different night and day
0: and before we proceed further uh mike and uh troy any final words for sticks because i know stacy got a hard out right now any final uh things you want to ask him or uh tell him
2: i think troy's saying something but he's muted oh yeah
0: troy you are muted i um, yes. unmute oh, yes yeah. yes no i just wanted to say Stix hammer uh you know
1: you're <laughs> Super intelligent, and I'd like to collaborate with you in the future. Same with you, Cernovich.
2: Yeah, definitely send me a DM if you want. Excellent. Well,
0: Sticks, I guess that is about all uh, for uh, for you, but thank you so much for coming in once again. It is yep. always a thank great you, pleasure. Yes,
2: yeah, so and now you can discuss Jack Murphy's uh, vegetable choices, whether it's cucumber or carrot. Oh, so I had to throw that in there. Come on, it's <sighs> raining through. Yeah.
3: We were trying so hard to oh, avoid that.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, the, the only well, thing no, that but, I would no, say, no, no, no real I quick, say, real the quick, the only thing, the only thing that, that I would say, the only thing that I would say real quick is that I think, uh, Mike, in general, people are yearning for authenticity, people want there to be heroes that they could rely on and trust, and I think that what we can do is just look towards the future and be able to build something that people can say, yes, this is authentic, yes, this is real, but it's hard, you know, this is something that I try to do with uh, Break the Rules as well, but uh, any thoughts, uh, just as an aside, any thoughts just on that kind of building of something that is going to be uh trustworthy for people in the future and the thirst that people have for it especially today because you're online and everybody's you know it's difficult to know what to expect from people so let me know what you think well, I, I gotta i gotta, I gotta duck that? out though
4: lev all right he sticks yep. i'll i'll see you she later
2: Sticks. peace out
0: peace yeah. out
4: bye-bye have have you seen those means the male urge to you know defend your party oh, yeah. yeah yeah so So the one I haven't seen is like the male urge to tear down other people. And I think that I had that when I was younger, because you, when you're, when you're a young man, you're walking your path. Maybe you didn't have a lot of guidance. Maybe you don't have a lot of experience. So you key into a belief, right? That's why young people are always zealous. Pol Pot, Mao, Stalin, Lenin, Hitler. It's always young men, right, who are like that because you, you it's like you plug an ideology into your brain and then immediately you want to hunt down anyone who doesn't live consistent with that ideology because you're young, so that's really all you have, right? When you get older, you have all this experience. You've seen luck. You've seen great men rise and fall. You've seen bad things happen to good people. You've seen good things happen to bad people. And you become much less certain i don't know if humble is the right word people say age humbles you i don't know that i'm more humble than i was when i was younger but i was i'm much less certain so when i was your guys's age and especially like my early 20s boy i had an etiology and i had an orthodoxy and if you didn't believe it i was going to argue with you on the internet all day and i was gonna you know attack 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 and then as i got older i go i don't know man i don't even know which God, you know, I'm I'm here watching Orthodox Christians say that ayahuasca sorcery. And I don't know, maybe it is. And maybe I'm steering people the wrong path by talking about these subjects. But then again, I didn't believe in God before I went down this path. So I'm a whole, and I think that's why, and again, that's why the father was so against it is, I went from pretty certain, there's no God. I mean, certain, certain, like not worried about it at all. Heaven and hell, not worried about it. Like I got my life figured out. I got shit dialed in. If you ask me, Cernovich, how how should I live? Bro, I wrote a book about it. Like, boom, boom, boom. So I went from a bundle of certainty to a bundle of uncertainty. So I think the teaching against pharmacology, I think they call it pharma, pharmakeia or pharmakia. There's that Greek word. Is if you're certain in your faith, this might rally your faith a little bit. So I always feel this moral contradiction or am I leading Christians astray? If I talk about this, what role? Anyway, mm. so that's a long way of saying, that there's a male impulse to tear people down. And the answer is, well, how's that building you up though? Right. Well, I want to expose frauds or I want to do this. It's like, yeah, you know, I I understand, you know, we have all this stuff, right. I understand because that would be what I would say. Well, I'm not, I don't do gossip and drama. I'm exposing frauds. This is moral work. And I wrap up my, you know, Elon Musk did a great interview with the Babylon B right. So I wrap up my, my, my impulse is my human impulses with virtue cuz you're just if you're a young man you want to tear shit down right that's that's just unfortunately the male energy
0: mm. is, and it could be and it could be used for a lot of good right we have yeah. examples of people who are in government right now that i'm sure a lot of people would want to uh, you know uh, tear tear down uh, ideologically not have a lot of these unqualified people in charge right now and i think the thing that people are yearning for once again is somebody that would actually be as close to authentic as possible but the fear that a lot of people have is that they think that everything is connected they think that if you are in some position of any authority In terms of, you know, like even Joe Rogan. You know, people would look at Joe and the things that he's doing right now. Some would uh, be cheerleaders for him, while others would say, you know what, like the fact that he's so popular, that means something's probably going on behind the scenes. He's compromised in some way, and they're all in it together. And that's the thing that I think is the real killer today, because people are afraid that no matter what happens, there's always going to be a boot on you at the end of the day, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no way out of the box. There's no way out of the black cube.
4: Well, there is. And that's where people on. So on the one hand, people want authenticity. On the other hand, your authenticity will be used against you, right? So authenticity is like, look, I'm not perfect. Here's what I've done. I'm just laying it all out there. And then that will resonate with a lot of people who say, well, I'm not perfect either. Wow, this is pretty cool that somebody would just come out with this. But then other people are then going to say, oh, remember that time you said this. And it isn't even that it – like there's this whole thing with me, uh, a story attributed to me that I copied and pasted from an internet message board. and I can Oh, yeah, I that, that one, yeah. yeah. And I can prove yeah. that I copied and pasted it, that I read it and I copied and pasted it. and There's even like quote marks around it. But probably 500 times a week, you know, isn't it true you did this? And it's like, well – <laughs> no, it isn't true, actually. It's a thing I copied and pasted. But I don't care if you believe that even because, you, you know, you can't convince people of falsehood. So even when people say they want authenticity, your, your critics and haters are going to be loudest and they're just going to make stuff up anyway or falsely attribute things to you. So then you, that's where you just have to walk the path. And that's where you have to, to use that cringe terminology. But until I find a better terms and that's what I use, that's where you just like got a whole frame. So people <laughs> going to believe things about you. And this is what I've told other people. I go, look, man, people are going to believe things about you that are false, that are often horrific. And part of living in the public is you just have to be chill about that. You just have to accept people are going to believe things about you that aren't even true. And then the flip side is other people are going to believe things about you that aren't true, but that make you look good. And that's part of the whole salad of living life at scale because people not our human brains are not that's why you see so many people have a meltdown right yeah human brain isn't meant to live life at scale the bigger you are you know it's like being in a it's like being in a small town right if you live in a small town 100 people how many murders you can have in a year none how many murders you can have in 10 years none 100 years maybe one and people are going to talk about that for the next 100 years mm. you become a public figure you're probably read by murderers. You're read by most <laughs> probate. right? You just you are. Yeah. At some level, you're read by schizophrenic stalkers who think that you're communicating to them. Like David Letterman had a restraining order issued against him 20 years ago because a woman went to a judge and said David Letterman is talking in code to me through the TV. At that level of scale, so your mind isn't made to live at that level of scale where it's like a hundred times a day people are just like. And and you could be like, it's not true, because if something isn't true, you want to cry out like that's not true. That's human. And you have to overcome those impulses. So that's that's where the struggle is. But it only gets. So for somebody like Joe Rogan, I mean, let's just take something that's obviously not true. Right. But that would bother you if you were, say, Joe Rogan. There's a lot of people who believe that he doesn't think trans trans people have a right to live. Right. That's so clearly a lie and it's a cruel lie. It's a wicked lie because it's just not true. He just doesn't think people should mention biological men should be able to compete against women in combat sports and maybe other sports, a pretty narrow view. So he accepts 99% of trans orthodoxy, 1% disputed. And now that means, you know, he's literally killing trans people you just you have to accept that right you just have to accept that people are going to believe things about your truth you have to believe if you're living an authentic life that people are going to believe that your worst moments are true too but they are true and then they're going to try to define you with your worst moment most people are not equipped to that you have to have specialized training to actually learn how to do that and that's why i tell most people don't try to be an influencer, don't try to be an internet personality. Rent a good job or get a good job. Have an anonymous Twitter account. Shit post. Be it oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> post an anonymous account and, you know, have fun and, and do life that way because people really do underestimate the crushing psychological pressure that it is. And people go, oh, pressure, all you do is you just you sit there and talk. That's all a person does. I was like, no, you sit there and talk and then people send emails that they're going to kill you and pictures of you out in public and they, you know, spread lies about you. You know, how how would you feel if you went into the office and your coworkers were texting to each other that you're like a neo-Nazi or something, you know? Oh, but you just sit there and do your job as your co-workers are like, you know, texting. You're,
3: if yeah. you're up front, though, with your beliefs, I noticed that. They tend to go after you less if you're explicitly right wing, as opposed to someone who is like a Joe Rogan, who is probably more on the fence with everything. That they'll go after you like more if they think that they have this like moral in on your sort of worldview, your Weltanschauung, your worldview. I notice like if you just say, "Yep, yeah, yeah, I'm a right wing Nazi," then it's like they tend to. Like if you barge pill yourself, they tend to leave you well, alone. Because they
0: want they want the right wing Nazis there. That's why I think Richard Spencer goes on CNN. They want there to be people well, that they could point at but, and yeah. You know.
3: But I wanted to ask you, Mike, uh, before we get to uh, Troy about the psychedelic question, which I have my critiques of. I want to ask you um, because you really were an innovate, not were are an innovator, in the sort of what people would colloquially refer to as the manosphere, and with you know with your danger in play with guerrilla mindset you were like we're one of the first ones but i've noticed that over the years you've sort of peeled back the layers on like what we have nowadays when people think of the manosphere they think of like some i don't know sigma sigma grind set life coach blah blah blah. and you have examples for example like roosh who has you know basically gotten rid of his old methodologies old his books everything and has embraced orthodoxy So where do you stand in the way the manosphere looks nowadays and where do you stand in your own work in the field with guerrilla mindset and your own legacy and what would you do different what would you critique or keep true to what you wrote back then as opposed to now?
4: So fundamentally it got commodified, it got taken over and commodified and really turned into something different. It, It ultimately began as the idea that if you're a man, you're atomized, right? You've you've learned. Yes. Right. You just you're kind of you exist and you're you're an atom and you're floating over here and you don't really know how to live. Men are, for the most part, raised by wolves. Even with me, I had a great dad did his best. You know, my mom, she did her best. Man, I didn't learn shit in school. My dad tried. You know, he got me to martial arts. which was a very, very good thing. But he didn't know anything about money. He didn't know anything about what's mm-hmm. a credit score. So there's just a lot of people who didn't have any dads at all or they grew up poor or they grew up in suburban, uh, suburban America. You, you just don't know anything. Right. Oh, yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah. why I feel bad blocking young men who try to correct me all the time. It's like, you don't know anything. I didn't know anything either. The difference is when I was your age, I knew I didn't know anything. So I'd read books like how to win friends and influence people. How to cause you feel sad, how to stop worrying and, and start living. Cause you, you just, you feel sad and you feel like you don't really understand the world. And you feel like you're living kind of a logical life and things just aren't really falling into place and you're trying to figure out like what is going on. So it it started out as, Hey man, um, the world ain't what you think it is. The world's a little bit darker than you thought it was because most men have a very naive view of the world, very naive view of the world. That's why you get mad when Paul, this is changing maybe, but that's why you get mad at politicians. I don't because I know that's what they are. They're evil, evil people. You know, Fauci, <laughs> yeah. of course, he's an evil, uh, dark priest, right? But when you're a young man, and this happened to me when the whole housing crisis happened, I watched a lot of my friends lose all their money in houses and everything. Unfortunately, I was fine through that, but I watched a lot of suffering. And that was my like rage at, at the machine, right? Remember rage against the machine? But now they're
3: <laughs> like, rage oh, for
4: it. So when you're younger, you're you're a young man you're pretty naive you think that the world is like well i know life isn't fair mama told me there'd be days like this life's not fair but you don't realize how unfair it is right you don't realize how unfair it is so i would have but i could only do what i could do because i didn't believe in god so it's hard to say what would you have said i would have worded things more delicately just because when you're writing for a smaller audience, because what happens is if you're writing for a smaller audience, you'll shit post a little bit and you bigger, and they're like, he's sharing this information to millions of people. You're like, no, that was like 12 people who all knew me, and we were like shit posting, you know. So I wouldn't have shit post. That's why I tell people don't shitpost um ever. <laughs> even if it's satire and you think it's funny satire, just don't even do that. But otherwise it was you know teaching people like if people I, I, already read,
1: fu- I already fucked that up Mike they that come mean, back. you know
4: it happens but
1: Anything. but like if people
4: actually read the mindset, there's nothing in there about sexuality. There's a chapter on money, there's a chapter on health and fitness. there's a chapter on self-talk. there's a chapter on mindfulness. there's lit- so people go, oh you wrote a alpha male pickup <laughs> guy <like>, never <laughs> read the book like and that goes back to what I said earlier is people believe things about you that aren't true. There ain't shit in there about like, be an alpha male guy going to the bar. It's got nothing to do with that. Mm. It, you just literally, you've never read the book, which is fine, but maybe you don't have an opinion. So
0: it's the, it's the title, you know, people imagine gorilla yeah. mindset and they get this image of this big burly gorilla, you know, with all the female gorillas around them. And
4: which was the, the design of the book. Cause that's where I challenge stereotypes. Well, why is it bad to be a knuckle dragging gorilla, right? Because that's what people go. Oh, you're this. So I would I would say because I used to be f- freaking jacked, and people would be like, Oh, you're a you know big dumb gorilla. Okay, well so what? I'm a big gorilla. If you think I'm dumb. Well, there's
3: memes know. of you as a gorilla edited.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you you know? guys, I'll take an IQ test anytime. <laughs> you know, you guys. Anytime you guys want to take a college test on philosophy or something, let's see who can write a better essay. And we'll post that shit to the internet and we'll just won't won't tell who wrote it mm. and we'll just see who wrote about our essay and we'll put money yeah. up for charity motherfuckers or- you know but but and that's the oh. gorilla mindset side the gorilla mindset side oh. is i'll do a podcast and cry because i'm so overwhelmed with love and realize how connected we are and feel like oh here's cernovich crying and not care but then the other side the duality of man is to say Yeah, I'm crying, motherfucker. You got a problem with that? Talk Mm. shit, you know? Come on, talk shit. Talk your shit, right? (laughs) So the idea is why can't you have the duality? Why can't you have the duality of... So I only focused early on one side, that side that most men need, which is, look, you're kind of pathetic. I was kind of pathetic too. You need to just not be pathetic. And then here's (laughs) how to do it. (laughs) And then I'm at the phase now where I want men to be strong enough to love. But where I go wrong and where maybe people like Lav or Troy or you, Gio, would disagree is, I think you have to earn the right to love.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't
4: think you can just be a, oh, I'm love, love, namaste, yo, all is ego. No, you're a pussy. Yeah. You're afraid to take action. Mm-hmm. You're afraid to do shit. And you're using LSD or mushrooms to check out a life because you're a coward and you're afraid to, to to do the work, right? Kind of. But other people would disagree, and I respect their point of view because other people would say, well, you know, fundamentally it's connection to spirituality and not seeking lust and everything. So I don't even have a strong point of view, even though I can argue that point of view. Hmm.
3: But the, to earn the capacity to be loved, that's a great point. Even the, the Desert Fathers would talk about that as well. Hmm. Um, and, but that, but I think and, that's great you know, because a lot of people, uh, they would... I, I had this video that sort of became more popular on my channel where I talk about the manosphere and... Uh, giant our Productions.
0: YouTube.com slash Giant Productions.
3: Yeah, and it came from the mythopoetic men's movement. And I wanted to ask Troy, actually, to get your opinion on this uh, because you've been, you've been hanging out. And uh, where do you think especially young men have gone wrong? And where do you think that the capacity for things like love have been lost from us. Oh, but before the day cut you off, Mike, I, I hope you finished
4: here. Your- no, no, a- I can to uh, spaz out with my autism. So I, you know, Don't worry about- I'm a I'm a so.
0: No, this is, this is the podcast then, for you. That's and then okay. I wanted to also get back
3: to health. I wanted to ask you about one thread you did, but Troy, please go, go ahead, my friend.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, let's see if we can, we can wrap this all up with all the questions that have been asked. The rites of passage is missing for young men right now. What psychedelics did for me was help me realize that I don't know much at all. I know that all the ancient sages have basically said, walk the middle, the middle path or the razor's edge. We have two forces that govern everything, yin and yang, and the vacillation between the two in the third dimension. Um, The rites of passage is missing. We lost the way from natural law, the things that actually govern, the law of polarity, the law of correspondence, the law of cause and effect, and really our basic understandings of maxims and axioms. The human species needs fire, water, food, and shelter to survive. Our ecosystem, is hospitable for human species if the water is pure, if the air is pure, and if the soil is pure. And so with those basic elements, I go out into the social media sphere because I do believe the final battlefield is on the human mind. And using the laws of alchemy and speaking into existence no different from the Wright brothers wanting to fly like an eagle, and Steve Jobs wanting to put a handheld computer in our hand, Everything that you can see in this world that is not nature was made in the mind of man. I truly believe that we can harmonize this planet and live in balance in a sustainable way that aligns with biomimicry, not global warming and climate change, because those are politically and economically hijacked terminologies. The terminology is biomimicry. Life creates conditions conducive for life and aligning into that frequency. And I don't know what's going to happen to this planet, whether it's going to be a dimensional shift, which we've mm-hmm. seen in our psychedelic experiences. Like, where do we get those mm-hmm. worlds that we see all that stuff?
0: Dimensional merge, yeah, if you want talk will.
4: about that a little Talk about that I'm, little not, little I'm not here to debate that philosophically. I mean, there's no debate, though, because I don't have an opinion. I have... I have observations,
1: but I don't have opinions. study the basics of natural law and my understanding of how I fit in here. And I feel much better and energized and next to my God consciousness that I met in my 5-MeO-DMT experience. And I want to align with that vibration more. And I know that I get that from eating clean food. I know that I get that from breathing deeply. I know that I get that from moving my body every day. I know that I get that from from clean water and bathing in clean water. And the more I can harmonize, the more love I feel. And the more love I feel, the more I can give. And it's fucking effortless. That is the fucking awesome thing. It's effortless. It becomes my effortless genius because I've learned how to love myself so much. I've been through so much fucking pain. (laughs) You know, people could call it pain. Let's call it pain. I call it spiritual fodder for my own awakening. My dad (laughs) left me on the side of the road with all my belongings at 14 with tears streaming down my face. That was the best thing that ever fucking happened to me. Without that hellfire, how else would I have fucking gone through the path that I went through to go through more hellfire and more hellfire and drink a little bit of the, the ayahuasca vine or smoke a little bit of the toad? And all of a sudden I realized that it's all fucking perfect and all the dysfunction has helped me unwind that and offer other people help for their dysfunction. Right. I'm just 56 Mm. over here. I'm trying to move. I'm going to keep
3: moving. That's a great point, Troy. Um, Mm. Because uh, we've, sorry. Go ahead. That was powerful. No, did I cut you off?
1: No, no, no. I got, well, it
3: was powerful. And I realized that, uh,
1: Mike's I mean, my,
3: my BMI is way too damn high for this conversation. But,
0: uh, <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, we, no, but I want to, to get that. into that I, as well, though. Like, what could we do for, uh, like, Geo as far as the latest No, Don't
3: personalize that... it, let's just say. Okay, the, okay fine, see... fine, fine. But fine, no, whatever. before that point, I wanted, I did wanted to ask you that, though. But I, but for you were talking about the, the trials that you went through in your life, Troy. And it reminds me of... Um, this thread that, that you posted Cernovich about how you uh, conquered your own uh, autoimmune disorder. Um, I remember reading that it was quite a long thread and it was harrowing actually about how you would use your weight fest and how that was the thing you could do. And then you got to a certain point and, uh, and, and Troy, like uh, maybe if you could also elaborate on your experiences, but I just wanted to say, do you feel that both of you, this is a question do you feel that adversity is something that is extremely repellent to most people nowadays and the trials and physical pains and emotional and spiritual pains that we go through has sort of been like soma coma out of people
1: and that's been socially engineered and chemically castrated
3: Mm -hmm. exactly that's what i mean it seems that physical pain especially with the last two years given the sort of confrontation of our own mortality That that sort of becomes so repellent and almost evil to people, this notion that suffering could
4: produce greatness. I mean, Mm. that's... Suffering suffering produces spiritual depth. That was, Mm. and that was why God put me through that trial because I was somebody, I had money, good looks, good body, and I wasn't shy about any of it. You know, I wasn't uh, like, oh, I'm not cute. It's like, (laughs) no, like, I, you know, I know what I got here. (laughs) And then God showed me what it was like to be invisible. And I realized, and that was what changed a lot of my writing over the years is that's what it taught me empathy because I was somebody who was very self-involved and it taught me that, Hey man, a lot of people are suffering. And that doesn't mean you can't find joy or shouldn't find joy, have a little, have a little perspective. And then it, it teaches you spiritual depth because it's one thing if you, want to do something great for vanity right you can achieve uh, a certain level of awareness through that that's a very valuable process go write a book you'll learn a lot or as cliche as it sounds everybody who runs a marathon goes oh i learned learned a lot about myself running a marathon and we all make fun of that but but no it's you do like i just read this great book about a, a guy's first iron man and you know it's a 14 hour event he's shitting his pants It's just every, you know, why am I doing this? What a waste of of time. I love stories like that because you do learn a lot about yourself. And that's something that has been lost. One is, I don't want to say suffering is good, but there's a message in suffering, right? There's always that, the game, is stoicism cope? Or is it real, right? Because cope is, well, suffering is terrible. And you just, you have suffering, so you have to find some copium. So you're going to find a higher... (laughs) message in it even though really that's just copium it sucked you shouldn't have suffering you should take the soma take the carbs you know null, nullify mm. all of the the feelings right but it, you do you do learn a lot about yourself and a lot about i think th- those are the spiritual lessons that you do learn and in, in that kind mm. of suffering now i don't want to summon more on me i feel like i've had enough for a, for a little while mm. anyway but and that's what i love about the orthodox tradition is they're like Thank God you have suffering. Now you should have more suffering. And I'm like, whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> you, did, you, you know, you mm. monks can have more. I'm I'm trying to, to but, not suffer. But
0: there is still this question, though, going back to psychedelics. There is still this question for me of willpower and what it means to go through life where you end up with these particular spiritual experiences without the psychedelics versus with. And if we assume, for example, that reincarnation exists, and if we assume that there is a certain balance to the universe, then part of me thinks that whenever you get something without applying some degree of willpower, and I think circumstance matters, I think, for example, somebody who is in genuine uh, depression and they take a 5-MAO DMT and it tremendously helps their life, that there is zero wrong with that. But then when you do have somebody who does have the resources to be able to utilize certain inner strength, but decides to, well, why don't I supplement myself with this? I don't think this is any uh, death sentence by any means, but I do think that there may be some balancing out that would have to be done, whether you're talking about a next life or whatever happens to come. So I'm curious what role you see of human willpower in this general experience of existence.
1: I postulate you can't do it wrong. Hmm. one's going to help you. One's not going to help you. You're not going to get it, but all roads lead back home. So I possibly well, can't do We have
3: it. a comment. And um, the blood...
1: that, I wanted to uh, say on the other thing, the rites of passage, uh, the, psychi- the deep psychedelic journey can often be the hero's journey that we don't have in our society. And you see that a lot in the ayahuasca community in the United States and the hipster communities. People, they shift. They shift. What they're doing, you know, whether it's better or worse, I I don't know. That's to be determined. But that's happening in the city centers a lot. A lot of people are drinking ayahuasca and waking up to something different. I think that's a big part of the awakening that we're seeing. Uh, The center I worked with in the Amazon for years, they would take in people from Europe and Asia and and the United States all the time. Mm -hmm. So, well, in
4: terms of it not mm -hmm. taking willpower, Troy can tell you this. I can tell you this. One thing I never do is I never talk about how many times I've I've done ayahuasca because every time you go to a ceremony, there's always that guy and it becomes like an ego thing. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> 10 years ago, we had to hike five hours in the jungle of Peru and here's how we took it. It's like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> like, Burning Man used to be cool, bro. Yeah. Tor- so, but, but I will tell you, it doesn't matter how many times you've sat with it, as, as you call it, if you don't think it takes willpower – Sit with the tea and think you're about to take it. Every uh, everything it, in the world it, tells it, you not to take it. it. What are you doing? Your life is fine. You might I'm go crazy. And I fucking get
1: it down the neck. It's you got to, You don't miss the teeth and the tongue, right? Get it in the body and keep it down there. Mm. It's terrifying. And it doesn't love, matter. I think we have Jay Dyer in the chat. Right?
0: Yeah, one time or Oh, man. Jay, by the way, Jay, I sent you a DM on Twitter. Please check it out. I would love to have you on later on. But there is one thing I wanted to read from Terrence McKenna. Uh, there was a very short glimpse of the one, a great center. It looked like a very bright light with some kind of core. It was very inviting. Once Terrence McKenna gave DMT to a Tibetan monk, he saw the lights and said, these are the lesser lights, the lesser lights of the Bardo. You Tremendry, cannot yeah. go. You cannot go further into the bardo and return. This takes you as far as you can go. I'm curious what you guys make of that. That's see, that's a Chad move right there. He totally BTFO'd Terrence that's, McKenna's
3: psychedelic <laughs> fundamentalism right there. It's that, a better one's
1: interpretation, by all means. Sure. I, I don't know. Again, I'm going to go back to. I don't fucking know anything. I've had some experiences. I, I've tasted the God presence with the five meo DMT, but. I have nothing set in stone. I'm still living. I'm a squirrel just trying to get a nut out here in Sedona, Arizona, <laughs> Arizona, and and surviving. I'm discovering it just like you guys. That's no, it.
0: same uh, same here.
4: Uh, yeah, the, the yeah the mystery is: Are you just seeing other frequencies that you didn't see before? You know, doesn't even matter. I, I I won't go as far as to say I don't know anything, but I I could be delusional. Um, that's one thing you learn when, when when you sit with this stuff is your own delusions and everything but I I would just say that my biggest I, fear I, I do believe that hell is separation from eternal love I do believe that the, the great Catholic writers like were right about that and I do believe that we were put here to do spiritual work and you have to that's where it gets hard I so conceptually I believe the following wherever we are we're separated from where we came from right? Whether you want to argue um, polytheism, whatever, whatever you want to argue, you can argue. I'm not going to argue uh, strongly either way. I think the Orthodox are great. I, I like a lot of what they have to say. All I know is wherever this world is, we were put here from somewhere else. This somewhere else is a collective of, you know, it's a total universality and it's love. And we were sent here for some reason, or we, we volunteered to be here for some reason. And the whole point of your life is to figure out why that is, but this isn't reality. Reality is where we were, we were sent from somewhere else by God. You know, that's where, again, I don't, I don't argue. I I know
1: the big cosmic joke.
4: Yeah. We were sent Hmm. here for some reason to do some kind of work. And my own personal belief was we were sent here to do spiritual work. And that's the highest kind of work we used to do. Mm. Whereas before, I would have said, I mean, who knows why we're here, right? We don't know. Um, You have a body; you can have pleasure. You should have pleasure without hurting other people, and that should be the way it goes.
1: Guys, somebody's "Mm
4: -hmm." at my door, and I gotta
0: get this. Somebody's at uh, your door yet, Mike? Is the one who (laughs) 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 leaves.
1: Listen, listen, I gotta get it. Go for it. depth. Listen to Paul check. He did two Aubrey Marcus podcasts and knocked it out of the park. Paul check on God. And then I did a I did a YouTube with him uh, on the dark side of God. Mm. That is deep. You guys listen to that and get back and get back to me. Mm. I gotta go get the door. The
0: left hand of God. This is an opportunity, by the way, to tell everybody who is listening. If you're enjoying this conversation and you want to help grow this thing. Patreon.com slash BreakTheRules. That is where you go. When you become a patron for $10, you are going to get uh, the audio of the streams before they come out to the general public. You are also going to get exclusive Patreon-only streams where you are going to be invited to take part in them. You are also going to get for $20 tier a very beautiful work of art from my father, Alexander Polyakov. So my father, Alexander Polyakov, he makes these ridiculously beautiful magnets, wooden magnets, Absolutely high-quality magnets. I'm gonna put the pictures over here for all you guys to see and these magnets can be yours For the taking and they are going to be of random designs But you know what if you are a fan of uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Mike Cernovich perhaps uh, I can provide a magnet in the shape of a gorilla Maybe of a gorilla with a uh, cigar in its mouth. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm brainstorming ideas. But here you guys could see this is what the magnets look like. Here is the uh, here's the magnets. And for30 dollars, you guys are going to get a very beautiful print from none other than Giovanni Penicietti right over here. And here is the uh, print in action. Here I'm gonna play it for a uh, for a second. Let me just uh, load this up right now. Hold on, is it going to play here? Nope. It is going to play over here, though. So one second, everybody. Here we go. Here is the print in action. Check this out. Look at this absolutely beautiful process of creating these prints from the TFW No GF series, directed by Alex Lee Moyer, who I've been in contact with, and soon, oh, Yeah, she's nice. going gonna to come into BTR pretty soon. And last but certainly not least, for all the Styx fans who are here... You see this beautiful dragon? You're gonna see it now. Okay, you see this beautiful dragon? This beautiful sticks dragon can be yours if you become a $50 tier patron, all right? And when you become a $50 tier patron, if you're not a fan of sticks but still want something, you can get. A custom wooden magnet, high quality, whatever design within limits, of course, you know, it can not be something that cannot be easily created in a wood. You're also going to get oh. the Warhammer 40K figures, another beautiful, uh, from Jules Hamilton. You're also going to get a very beautiful uh, painting from Giovanni from in the Bob Ross style. And you are also, on top of that, going to get a custom uh, print of one of the thumbnails that my father painted as well as our undying love and gratitude for you being able to do what you do, as well as for Troy doing what he does. I am incredibly inspired to have all these amazing people here, like Styx, Troy, Mike Cernovich, being able to express themselves and put hey, all these together. Look, I'll give
1: you guys uh, my Ripped at 50 digital book. You guys can give that to all your viewers.
0: Oh, man. Nice. Troy. Wow. Thank you so much, brother. I I am I am incredibly appreciative of that. And guys, this is how we help each other grow. You got millions of
1: followers, or what?
0: <laughs> one day, my friend. One day, we'll have millions
3: of followers. But I'll how
1: get can anybody our... wants to read it?
3: So maybe a lot of you can get the link from Troy, or how does Absol- this work? Absolutely,
1: uh... Troy. Okay. Please
0: send me send me the link on Twitter, and I shall. Send it out to to the uh, people on Patreon, and also if you have a preview link, I would love to send that one as well. Oh, and by the way, Mike, since uh,
1: Patreon as well.
0: Absolutely,
1: certified help not Patreon, and then uh, I'll give you guys the book ripped at fifty: A Journey to Self-Love.
3: So I wanted to ask you um, about we were going to talk about the obesity crisis Um, in this chat right now. The obesity, (laughs) never mind. Um, But before that, I wanted to just cap off what we're talking about with this passage from Jeremiah. And it's very exciting to see J. Dyer in the chat. I've been a fan for many years. Um, but let me let me go by saying, so this is from Jeremiah 17, 17 6, uh, 7, 6. Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside a stream. If fear not the heat when it comes, its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. So, To trust in the Lord is like being a tree near a stream in times of drought. And I do believe that we are in times of immense spiritual drought. And if we can have that inner source of divine nourishment, I think that to me is what really is important. But it seems that nowadays our minds are so focused on current events and our sort of regime of biopolitics, if you will. I'd like to share
1: Incredibly like, difficult.
3: Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Trey.
1: I'd like to share how I found God after my divorce in two thousand and seventeen. I was living in my bachelor pad, uh, sleeping on the floor at fifty years old, and clearly I didn't know what was going on. so I, I, I asked God, right, I don't know I don't know how to pray to God or anything. So I said, all right, if if God's up there, I open my heart and I allow God to come into me, And like that was it. Like something super Neanderthal. Like, and that was it. And then you know what? I felt good. I fell asleep. No anxiety, no depression. Tried it in the morning. And then I just got into a little routine like that. And whenever I fall off and start feeling like shit and anxiety and depression, open up my heart, let God in, and call it a day. I think Joe Dispenza has a whole fucking curriculum around, you know, opening up the quantum field and all that stuff. Good. And and when you say, and so it is, because I fucking say so, and that's it. So that's my little shortcut path to spirituality
0: there is also mm. that was uh, that was really well said there is also the uh, kabbalistic approach which i think is pretty similar where they talk about the entirety meaning god being this infinite light in which a certain area of darkness was designated for the purpose of being able to have uh, beings with ego experience existence apart from God and go back to God. So when we look at the universe, we see like this blackness, and then we see these specks of light everywhere. And that is in a way this light that's being generated from the receiving light of God.
1: You're going to love the Paul Check stuff I sent you to, the Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus podcast, and then my... My podcast on YouTube with the dark side of God. You're going to love it. You're going to love it.
0: Absolutely. But the thing there that I find uh, being repeated... This sounds is very that heretical, the, uh, well, I don't know about that. Well, no, no. <laughs> Here's why it's not. Because I think it relates to what we're talking about, where you have to transmute your desire to receive into the desire to give. That's the whole basis of Kabbalah. The idea of being able to go from that state of only subsisting on the sensory pleasures into the state of being in the spiritual realm which to me means giving being uh, somebody who does not really care that much about whatever they end up you got to fill uh, that cup up though first that is you true
1: up up first but that nothing is true
0: but filling up that cup has to be properly filled up, and the problem today is we have all these kids online. Who all oh, these kids today? We have all these kids online that are getting filled up by various demagogues, by like the uh, Hassan Pikers of the world, if you will. Uh. You know, all these, all these online socialist pricks who all they do is, you know, they. I think they definitely poison the landscape to such an extent. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> and again, I don't want to be. I don't want to be political here. That's clear. what I'm
1: the- here for, bro. I mean, at the end of the day, I could talk philosophy and I'm intelligent, but I just like to talk shit and crack jokes.
0: That's uh, No, that's very important. But in general, though, how do we get people out of this state of – I don't know. Well, I don't want to go down the whole those, SJW uh, rabbit hole. but
3: All those bread tubers <laughs> are being paid off now, love Did you see that uh, Grey yes. Zone article? Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: But we still have true believers, you know, who believe that socialism is the way. But in general, though, we have all these young people. They're not given good role models. And the Clearly it's that, not. The Kardashians
1: and, proved yeah. that socialism is not where it's at.
0: <laughs> no, but what exactly do we have? We have people listening to the Kardashians. We have people who listen to the Hassan but Pikers of the, the world, world and the AOCs. And then we have a lot of people, well, not a lot, but generally like a lot of young men who end up going into the reactionary sphere. I mean, one thing I think, Mike, you noticed yourself is that the people who are engaged with a lot of uh, uh, this, uh, let's say, much more base and red-pilled kind of Christianity, like Gio, for example, they are within a sphere that, uh, you know, it's, it's very it's very close to becoming a bubble, which I'm trying to also uh, prevent in a certain way, because I don't think it's healthy for anybody to be in any kind of bubble. And what do you think we can do to make sure that there isn't going to be this further uh, separation of people who decide, you know what, all these people are so full of shit, then we are just going to be in our based and trap-pilled lifestyle bubble, and Hmm. nobody can tell us anything that's contrary to what we
4: believe. Well, the bubbles are good if, if they're truthful right if, if anything yeah I'm, I'm pro i'm pro like silo don't let satanists in the catholic church or else you end up with that kind of nonsense that the catholic bishops issued where it sounds like they're working for Blackrock or something you know so in a way <laughs> fellowship should be exclusionary that's where that i mean that's where the issues become complicated those are the issues i struggle with how do i x with society well, I don't know. How do I control myself? How, how do I control myself from not being outraged when some LA Times columnist says that you should laugh when anti-vaxxers die? Like, I don't get mad much. I'm pretty... Oh, I
3: know. saw that article. My God. Well, I was like,
4: I felt hatred in my heart for this person. Like, legitimate yeah. hatred.
3: Or the that, people going after Anna Kay from Red Scare recently. Yeah, they, they Which you should have on the show, Love. by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. so
4: the issues I struggle with are... You know, recognizing that when I feel the hatred, first of all, ask why you feel that. Where's that coming from? Is that coming from a good place, a bad place? Is there a lesson in there? Two is not really give in to the hate, but still let people know this is a scumbag and this is the people trying to remake society. Hmm. So get your fucking head right and quit living in denial and quit acting like we're just reasonable people having reasonable disagreements with people. No, this is the other side. This is the, the communists who put Sulton in into the gulags. This is, this is really what we're up against. And I think that the way I try to reconcile these issues is that I just, I always think, am I modeling or am I giving people good behavior to model? So you notice I very rarely, I used to drink, I used to enjoy wine a lot. Um, fortunately, always never had a problem with it. But one day I was like, you know what? I wonder. I would do these streams, and I would drink wine, and people would say, "Oh, you're Cernovich, you drunk again." It's like, dude, I, I, huh. this is my half, a half glass, right? I just. I remember those periscopes,
3: like, yeah, with the wine glass. Yeah, yeah
4: but I'd be, but then I just started thinking, well, what if you're an alcoholic, and you're really struggling, and it's a Friday night, and you're home alone, and you pull up my periscope? Am I glamorizing drinking? I don't know. I could just say the old me would just say, "Well, you're an adult man." if you watch me drink wine and that leads you to drink wine, sorry, buddy, that's nothing I can do for you. That's just your own life. But then I just started thinking, I don't know. I mean, am I glamorizing wine? Am I leading people to stumble? Is that a good example? Cause fortunately for me, I can drink, like we could drink two bottles of wine and you wouldn't even know. I would just be like, all right, man, I'm tired. I'm going <laughs> to bed. I'm not texting people, you know, cock shots or whatever. So I, I think about that because we grew up on media you you know you watch movies that's why people were probably so upset that comic comics suck now <laughs> and that movies suck is because you, that was sort of the way the aspirational male life was taught to you was via media it was just a different kind of media conan the barbarian people can quote conan and even the rock can quote conan like the coolest guy alive today Thought that Conan was the coolest movie that they ever saw in their lives and everybody wanted to, to be like that. But then you realize well, it's a Nietzschean view. So then I just think of like what I'm doing is media. What I'm doing is a movie. There are people who are going to model what I do, whether I accept that or not. So I can't disclaim And this is where God and religion has influenced me. This is where I can't disclaim responsibility. Am I my brother's keeper, right? Cain versus Abel. Where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Right? Isn't that the Mm. lesson really of Cain versus Abel? Yeah. Am I my brother's keeper? Why are you asking me, man?
0: Well, we can't all be our brother's keepers all the time, but there would be some designated drivers when a lot of people end up getting drunk. And that, I think, is the point of having a good balance between... I believe in gatekeeping. There was a great video I recently saw about that subject, how in the video game industry, for example, when there wasn't this gatekeeping, you had this infiltration of all these uh, SJW rat femmes and then ended up ruining this industry from the inside. But when it comes to gatekeeping in movements like, let's say, more of the reactionary right people, I really hate the fact that uh, both YouTube as well as Twitter right now has been deplatforming and censoring people that I would vehemently disagree with when it comes to their thoughts on, you know, like uh, certain ethnicities, things of that nature. But I think it's extremely important to actually be able to speak with them because what's happening now is they're only going to go deeper into their own hole and nobody's going to be able to have a decent conversation with them where they could actually explore various opinions that they have. It's only going to reflect on top of each other. And that's kind of like, that's my big concern. What can be done to remedy that going forward with all the censorship that's going on?
4: Well, that again, is it's the male urge to try to create the system or change the system as if, as if we can, right? As if, first of all, we know what the right answer is. And then two, we have to implement the right answer where I think the right answer at least the way that I've answered it, and I'm not saying this is the right answer, but the way I've answered it is that I know that people are going to see me as media just as the way that when I watched movies as a kid or read comic books as a kid, I got ideas about how to live my life and this is the way life is. So I just always think, am I giving people good behavior to model? Not always. Usually, you know, usually I try to. Hey, here's, you know, don't be a sucker. Don't be a chump. But that also doesn't mean that you can't do, you know, X, Y, and Z. So that, that's my answer is I can't like, I I warned people away from, I probably saved how many people from being entrapped in Michigan kidnapping plots. I told people for years, Hey man, they're going to shame you. Some like woman's going to show up and say, if you're a real man, you need to do more than just talk. Here's, here's how they're going to come in. And they're not getting young guys caught up in this stuff. They're getting essentially meth addicts in it because anybody I believe that I've de-radicalized, I don't know, thousands of men, maybe tens of thousands just by saying, look, here's how they're going to come at you. They're going to say, you talk too much. Talking isn't working. A, a cute woman's going to show up or you know, a cute woman in her FBI jacket. Hey, you need <laughs> to take action. Be a real man. Let's go do some stuff. So I think that's the answer is you can't you can't make a man. Think anything, but you can steer them away from the more radical aspects. So, for me, that is always the big challenge. So, for example, you take an event like January 6th, I tweeted out all leading up to that be as gentle as doves and as wise as servants, serpents. I tweeted out beware of agent provocateurs. It was like, do, 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 do. And then, there were always in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I told people, and then, you know, something still happens. And then morally, I think, like, I told people to beware, but maybe I should have just told people to stay home. But then you just tell people to stay home and they can't lawfully exercise their rights. You know, is that is that the answer? I don't know. So I think the key point that you can do, do with people is say, look, if you want to be in your echo chamber and you want to read edgy stuff all day, you know, because I've never heard of it. I've never heard of, you know, these incidents you talk about. Oh, yeah, you're so edgy. I just realized that's just the male. It's again, that meme, the male impulse, the male impulse to ask somebody about Israel. Oh, wow. No, nobody's ever talked about Israel. You know, nobody nobody's heard about this one before. Yeah, I heard of
3: the USS Liberty.
4: You found the secret, you know, you found the secret knowledge. But that's part of that's where it's hard when you get older, especially. And you've been there and done that. That's part of your journey to engage with the esoteric and by esoteric, I mean, edgy history. I don't mean little, little, literal spiritual esoteria, but that stuff, you're not really supposed to talk about, but that, that happened. Right. Americana. Right. That kind of stuff is I can say, well, I read that 20 years ago. Well, sure. But I had to read it 20 years ago. So then why am I pooping somebody who's where I was 20 years ago? Cause they're getting into that. But then the flip side is I tell guys, Hey man, I'm 44. Don't assume that I don't know something just because I don't talk about it and go fucking bother someone else. You know, I need to be badgered. badgered. And I probably talked about what you're telling me to talk about five years ago, but you just found me last year. So you assume that the only thing I talk about are the things that I talked about over the past year and a half. Mm. But that I think is. Again, because it comes down to you as a man, male leadership, male leadership, right? Mm. I think about that all the time. That's how I live my life. I can't get a DUI. You know, I can't like, there's just a lot of things I can't do given my, my promise. Cause I have to, I have to live my life a certain way. Right. And that is how I think about it. It's male leadership. How are you living your life? Are you steering people in a healthy or at least less unhealthy way than they were before? And then the system is, it's just all culture anyway, right? Cause if you're a real conservative by i mean like burkean or like traditionalism you realize these tr- these traditions emerge from the ground up right it wasn't one day that the plato's republic was enacted and then everybody's living in plato's republic that was oh hey here we live in little tribes how do we interact like what things are real crimes versus like civil crimes right okay molestation a kid death penalty you know you kill someone's goat that's restitution that's more civil. And then you're, you know, you're building up this culture from the bottom, from the bottom down. I think that's the biggest difference between conservatism and liberalism. And it's not represented by conservatives, which is another failure on their part is,
3: Oh yeah. I want to get into down. that actually. Yeah.
4: yeah. Liberalism's top down. I'm AOC. I've done shit in my life, but I know Go everything boss. about life. Here's how you're going to live. 'Cause I know things. Cause I'm twenty nine and went to Boston University. Is that the right?
0: definition of a uh, classic liberalism or whatever people today assume to be liberalism? Because I feel like that term has just been, you know, completely discombobulated oh, I love over Carl's time.
4: Bad posting, yeah, um. but off Twitter no one knows what classical liberalism is. You know, the classical <laughs> liberalism was how liberals rebranded but without trying to fully strip themselves of their political identity. It's just like Joe Rogan pretending that he's a liberal. Shut up. You're not liberal. You're, you're not a react- you He's a reactionary
3: now. Get out much. of
4: here. You know, you hunt, you like guns, you think the government mm. shouldn't have all these mandates. Like you can call yourself libertarian, but you're not a liberal. But people don't want to shed those those identities.
0: But historically, didn't liberal mean exactly that stuff that Joe Rogan is doing? Down.
4: But that's no, it didn't. Liberalism has always meant top down. So yeah, from Supreme its inception, Court judges, it is. gay marriage failed in California in 2008. A majority of black voters voted against making gay marriage legal in 2008. And then it got blamed East. on Mormons. Yeah, but this is objectively true. Gay marriage failed in California, the most, quote unquote, liberal state in the country. So then they had to go to the Supreme Court. An activist job. The Supreme Court said, top down, gay marriage should be allowed. Therefore, you're going to have gay marriage. Abortion, that's why they fight it in the courts. Abortion wouldn't exist in a majority of the states. In the states where it would exist, it would be more like the European model, which is first trimester, Anything after that's a little dodgy, you know. In America, we love oh, socialized healthcare. Look at how they live in Scandinavia. Yeah, they're not chopping up babies that are about to be born mm. either. They're not doing that sh- sick stuff either. So if you, you know, yeah, look, they have more
3: mm. rigorous laws in Scandinavia than we would have in America.
4: Mm.
0: Well, looking but, but, over here at the uh, liberalism definition in Britannica, it says. Oh, it's by the way, political... Troy had to go. So thank oh, you, for, thank he, you he so has much, to Troy. Come on again. So it says over here, it's a political doctrine that takes protecting and enhancing the freedom of the individual to be the central problem of politics. Liberals typically believe that the government is necessary (laughs) to protect individuals from being harmed by others, but they also recognize that government itself can pose a threat to liberty. So that doesn't really sound like the liberalism that's being touted today. That's kind of uh, my my point here. that was
4: never liberalism. It was a a view that I've come around to, and I think is indisputably true, that I thought was a crank view was that the ACLU never cared about free speech. They just wanted to blaspheme God, so they wrapped it up in terms of free speech. And now that you can blaspheme God and get away with it, now they're they're not so interested in the free speech rights of people like you guys if you get banned from Twitter or if you couldn't get a permit or at some kind of event. You don't see them talking much about January 6th and how people are being sued who organized a peaceful part of the protest by the city. Right. Government entities are suing private individuals who engaged in no violence for organizing an event that was either by government or other means directed in a, in a way that it wasn't supposed to be. And governments are suing them. And where's the ACLU? Right. Well, the ACLU never believed in free speech. That liberalism nope. was always mm-hmm. a Trojan horse. They just wanted to be able to blaspheme God and take God out of schools and make the country. Godless. And defend
3: Nambla, which yeah. they did back yeah, in the night now
4: they're like oh i mean people are being sued for organizing a peaceful protest well, oh, well you know you can't expect us to like take a stand mm. so, <laughs> liberalism has always been top-down edicts from the high priest class that's why they love the supreme court and they love judges oh yeah and then, and then <coughs> conservatism oh, has always been community-based bottom-up organic culture so i tell people that i'm If I'm conservative, I'm conservative in the sense that I believe that culture is mimicked. Culture is something that you learn from participating in a society. You learn from watching from other people. So if you want to change the culture, you have to change it from the bottom up. You can't get that edict from Justice uh, Sotomayor, who claimed that 100,000 kids are on. Ventilators, Whatever whatever the hell she said, you know. But that's liberalism is I know things and they finger wag and they create a top-down Worldview and conservatism is no, no. You have to culturally. That's why conservatism was federalism, right? That's why they say we had. We don't talk about federalism anymore, but that's why federalism was conservatism. Is hey, man, let California be a dump. But if in Texas they want to say that you can't do that shenanigans, then you can't do the shenanigans, and you can kind of move and see which is a better state. And the Supreme Court says, nope, we're liberals. John Roberts is a liberal, and I don't mean. I mean that the sense of orthodoxy. John Roberts says, no, Texas and California, they both have to allow gay marriage. They both have to allow partial birth abortion. They both have to allow, you know, neither of them have the right for Second Amendment or whatever the case is. That's that top-down edict, whereas the conservative view is, and this is me and it pisses people off. I don't care what's happening in New York City. I, honest to God, don't care. (laughs) Why should I? That's them. They're 92% Democrat. So why in the world would I give a shit Mm. that that is imploding. To me, that's concerning. Yeah, For
3: California i yeah, California. No, little... I'm,
0: I'm a bit of an accelerationist when it comes to New York City. I think it has to have a good slap on the face before people come to their senses. But there are certain thinkers out there like Thomas Hobbes. I mean, people have criticized John Locke's views, but then you have like Adam Smith, uh, David Ricardo, Alexis de Tocqueville. You have various people that could be qualified as being liberals who I think people today in these various organizations haven't even read and have no interest in reading. And I think the conservative thinkers do have an interest still in a lot of these people which is why to clarify what I mean when I say liberal I'm talking way back like 19th century liberal I'm not talking about whatever is happening right now and that is almost something that that I think is missing to such an extent that we have a lot of fence-sitting people in New York that generally get turned off from certain caricatures they've been told about conservatives that they could be reached out well, to, and I've spoken to a few, but they're afraid, and that's the big problem.
3: Well, the problem is, I mean, we're reaching levels of religiosity with uh, the current global liberal order. The 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 gay, the global American empire. I mean, having a service for the sex recently on the Capitol, and it very much is reaching a sort of reenchantment, if you will, in terms of the religiosity that these Democrats are displaying when it comes to their own liberalism. I mean the Supreme court is a good example of that. I mean, that picture when uh, they were confirming Kavanaugh of people crying on the steps and we all largely know that supporting Supreme court justices is probably, you know, just nonsense when it comes down to actual policy. I mean, Roberts was appointed by Bush. I mean, now Bush is a hero of course. Um, but I wanted to ask when it comes, we were talking about people seeking guidance and it seems to me that a lot of people are offloading when it comes to, I guess the fancy term is parasocial relationships. People are sort of offloading their, um, let's say capacity for thinking onto other people where, for example, you pay uh, certain based people online to, uh, you know, spout racisms that you don't want to do. Uh, The Chapo people are paid to spout uh, the hottest steaming socialist takes. And it seems that it's going on and on forever. And I wonder if this offloading of people's consciousnesses uh, if that's even a word, the sort of offloading of thinking to most people it, having a detrimental effect. Like, for instance, I think people have wanted this sort of cult of personality politics in America for a long time. I know, uh, Mike, you've been very, uh, you've been come under recently for your tweets against um, our Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, uh, as another example of that. So I wonder, what is this imp- compulsion that people have to sort of offload themselves into this capacity where they are going to seek, like, fulfillment by, you know, the base white nationalist is going to say my racisms, the base chapo people, B- Father Vouch is going to say my takes against the evil chuds. I wonder where this impulse comes from. And also, I guess the follow-up question would also be about Trump himself, where he sort of went wrong and where your criticisms lie. But yeah, so maybe riff on that for a little bit.
4: Well, there was a great blog many years ago called The Last Psychiatrist.
3: Who came out with a new book recently, by the way. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah, I I downloaded the book. Someone told me about it. And it's still written in that erratic style, which is, (laughs) it's harder to read when it's an erratic style in a book. When it's a collection of essays, the, the, yeah. that self indulgent, you can self indulge as a writer on a blog in a way that you can't in a book. On a yeah, blog, you're writing 1,000, 2,000 words, and people think it's clever and quirky. So I've, I downloaded the book super hyped, and I'm like, oh man, come on. Um, but in any event, the, <laughs> it was a profound website, profound thinker. And there, something that stuck with me was that we've, we've outsourced our super ego, right? yeah outsourced our 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 judge, that God mind, you know, if you think of superego, not necessarily in the literal Freudian sense, but as the God mind, right? We have our id, our base self. we have our self, which is our better self, and we have our superego, which is society. It's, but have you, have you ever seen that movie The Century of the Self? Another. Oh yes, called? yeah. yeah. Curtis, yeah. But if you like if you watch the Century of the Self, and then you read The Last Psychiatrist, and then you read The Culture of Narcissism. Yep. See narcissism not as a psychopathology per se, but as we've all just learned to outsource our superego. So whatever culture I am tells me, that's where, the, that's where you know, Lev, to your point, that's where you can get in a problem if you're in an echo chamber or a silo, because you're outsourcing your judgment to the group, and that group is always going to take you into a more, extreme direction than you would otherwise. And that's why I said earlier, why I try to just de-radicalize people and say, Hey, you can be edgy. You can have some strong points of views, but don't fed post. Don't be around fed posters. Don't do anything stupid, you know, live a, live a kind of decent life, but yeah, ignore
3: fed posts. Yeah. The, the green. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. So that's where you, we've outsourced our super ego. And Mm. then that's not, it's not as if Trump supporters are immune to that. So Trump supporters, the God Emperor was a funny meme, but I think it's taken on a literalism where people really, they've outsourced their, their mind to him in a way that I think is for a man pathetic um, for a woman pathetic too. But my audience, people always go, why do you always say just men? Because my audience is, you know, mostly men mm. and women have a thousand other resources and men have none. You know, they have me you know, and, and a few people maybe trying to take, take their money or whatever, but you're, <laughs> There's just not a lot of good bro info out there. And there's... Thou thou
0: shalt not erect idols, right? Isn't that the... Yeah, uh... so
4: Trump is... So Trump is the superego for a lot of people, but Trump doesn't have a superego. Twitter... I was going to tweet this the other day. I'm going to tweet it now. I remember it is. Trump's tweets were his id. The replies were his (laughs) superego. Right? So... Jeff, Jeff Tilditch Mexican was a superego. ego. <laughs> is so out of touch that he's losing the plot. It isn't just me, because I, I criticize him because he didn't do a number of things that I thought would show moral courage. The right. vaccine stuff, I'm not mad at him about, because I I agree with him on most of what he's saying about the vaccine. Not all, but most. So I'm, But his, his base doesn't want to hear that, because they're browbeaten every day. Take the vaccine or you're a bad person. Take the vaccine or you're killing people. Take the vaccine or you're this. So he doesn't need to. You don't need to say more, right? Yeah, exactly. We don't need to hear it from Donald Trump. By now, you've either taken the vaccine or you haven't, and it's just a nag. It's just. It's a like nag. our
3: circles with Moldbug and his takes on the pandemic. Mm. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, and yeah, Moldbug would mandate the vaccine, which is wholly consistent with his uh, view of the world. So, so <laughs> yeah, there's 14. a lot of technocratic pro-vax, pro-vaccine and pro-mandate people. No one needs to hear it from Trump. So Trump's superego, which was a Twitter replies, is missing. And Trump doesn't have a strong sense of self. He's very animalistic. He's very base. He's very driven by his instincts. And he just happened to have really good political instincts. Probably the best, not probably, the best of my life by far. If he had gone with his instincts every time, he wouldn't have been 100%, but he would have been 80%. Every time he went against his instincts, just like with the summer riots, Oh, don't condemn them because that could interfere with criminal justice reform criminal justice reform nobody supports that shit. literally no one the black community doesn't support that if you look at the crime bill the racist crime bill in 1994 that was supported by the mayor of every black city that was supported Mm. by the congressional black caucus that was supported by all the black preachers because they're victims of crimes too right there's this weird bizarro third rail that we can't get go to where there's this belief that where conservatives go, well, what about, you know, black on black crime? Nobody's talking about it. So, like But well, the black community, as a matter of fact, talking about it a lot. True. But the people CNN input on are the ones saying we got to let prisoners free because – you know,
0: yeah, they'll put on yeah.
3: Angela Davis oh, or whoever. That's
4: not the black community. That's yeah. not the black community. You, you got to speak that's with Hotep
0: Sophia later on. She was li- living in D.C. She says the same thing. By the way, I know you have to go real soon. Just real quick, would there be time for the super chats uh, right now? Just a quick runoff. Or if you got to go, then no problem either way.
4: I had to go four minutes ago. If there's oh. like one or two good ones, I'll hit. But yeah, thanks Our- for letting me rant, guys. It's kind of my diatribe style.
0: Mike, thank you oh, so yes. much for being here. I wanna do one from Super Iron Bob, just because Super Iron Bob has been our patron for a long time. Uh, bubbles are necessary for a person not to become a puddle that flows into nothingness having a home, even if it's inside yourself, allows you to leave the bubble with confidence. And also John Eisenman for nineteen ninety nine. Is Twitter and social media at large holding people like Cernovich back? Is it too dark on social media to encompass people, intellectual chads like MC and Troy? So that would be the final question then.
4: I don't know. Um I think everybody's probably shadow banned. Um whether it's by default or not, I, I couldn't really say. But I think the bigger issue is that conservatives largely hold back conservatives, although that's changed, where oh, this person is a little controversial or too controversial. There there was that sense that people are radioactive. And that that held back a lot of people. That's why I I retweet a lot of people who've been quote unquote like canceled, because I don't want to treat people that way. But I don't I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think if I were liberal, I my okay. I'm I'm talking too, too long, but I'll be quick. My view is that if I were pro Daddy Trump, I would be three times bigger because the algorithm likes very simplistic tastes. So if I just said. Because if I tweet like Dr. Fauci a war criminal, you know, <laughs> you know, which I do believe he's a I believe he should be tried for human. Well, I mean, look at what he did
3: in the 80s. I mean, But, yeah.
4: but you mm. don't need a, that's not a lot of thinking. Go, you go going on there, you know. Yeah. And that's, and that's massive. But if I tweet. That, you know, like I tweeted once that, you know, I Donald Trump, I oppose Donald Trump because I think he's a, morally a coward and betrayed the people who are closest to him. Where's the audience for that? If you're lefty, you don't like that, because you're like, well, no, he, you know, General Flynn's a tra- traitor, right? And if you're a conservative, you don't like that, because I'm calling Donald Trump a coward. So how's the algorithm going to sort that? The algorithm's just going to say, well, actually, this is toxic, because everybody hates this name. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to add him to the toxic pile. But if you tweet just boomer MAGAisms, like Bill Bill Mitchell <laughs> only got banned because he was ban evading, because he was such a Twitter addict, right? Remember that's he got banned. It wasn't for his boomer magaisms, it was because he got a suspension and then he logged in from his backup account because he you know he couldn't go a week without Twitter, couldn't go a day without Twitter. So that's now I could be nuked any day, and that's just you know part of the thing. But I really sincerely believe that if you want to be good on Twitter. By good, I mean prominent, not what I do, which is a different mission. You need to have a topic. You need to have a strong point of view on that topic. You yep. need to not have a lot of nuance and you want to make it easy for the algorithm to support you. Okay, is this a liberal? Is this a conservative, an SHAW? And then they'll put you in that silo and then your stuff will go. So it has to be worded a certain way. Whereas, you know, you might be reading me. I mean, you guys know this. You might just You might just log into my account tomorrow and I'm posting about, whatever the fuck. And you're like, wait a minute, why did I follow this guy? So if you don't know who I am and you're like a normie conservative and somebody goes, Oh, I read Cernovich cause he's good in media. And you know, he doesn't like the fake news. And then you log in and there's like pictures of me with my skin falling off. You're <laughs> going to be like a little spooked, you know, if you're not a regular. So I mm. don't think that I'm suppressed algorithmically. I think that if I wanted to really get bigger, then I would just have to have some very generic MAGA boomer takes and I could mm. go on to superstardom, Or maybe be like a, a, a crypto maga boomer. Maga-Boomer.
3: The, the Joe Walsh, he started off as like a maga boomer, but then, yeah. oh God, I hate people like mm. the Lincoln Project people. Mm. Because that's another grift too, I think, that the, the resist hard yeah.
0: type of grift. That's you anyways, that you have button. to go, Mike. Yes, Mike, right. thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. I would love to have you back on
4: BTR. Yeah, you
0: have to come back, please. This is amazing.
4: Yeah, it was, it was my pleasure. Thanks everyone for having me, and sorry about the internet disconnection. No worries oh, no at all. Problem. I- no I Hate problem. to make people wait. I hate to be, you know, that guy. So yeah. Thanks okay. for having me. thank you for being here. And me by too, the way, guys.
0: Friend. Watch this on Odyssey as well. So for those who do not know, Break the Rules. Whoa, look at this screen right That's now. That's weird. All... It's just three people. Oh, yes, there you go. There we go. So, Odyssey... well, I was
3: surprised. that uh, we, we actually did cover quite a lot. Quite yeah, absolutely. Bit, you know? So
0: odyssey.com slash Break the Rules. Uh, two dots F slash live. I don't know why these links are so weird, but either way, go to the Odyssey right now. Subscribe to the Odyssey because we got to bring people in. And we are going to have a very interesting stream coming up this Thursday. We are going to have Liberty Lockdown back with us this time for a sowing discourse. Liberty Lockdown's been uh, getting quite uh, big as of late, but the really interst- yes he has. Uh, but the interesting thing here, specifically with uh, I this
3: libertarian since 2013.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting thing here, Gio, is that our stream is going to be divided into two parts. The first hour. Is going to be uh, you know standard talking about like self sufficiency and stuff like that. Second but that, hour Fed posting. Second hour Fed posting all the way, baby, because our second hour is going to not be on YouTube. Our second yeah. hour is going to be on Odyssey. Uh, scroll,
3: scroll up for a bit for a little.
0: Sure. What's up? What's going on?
3: Scroll up. Um. Who said it? Was it was a word or Bubble Guy. Um have have Alex Lee Moyer, Oh yeah, Bubblegut. Uh Bubblegut uh, Alex Lee Moyer and Anna Kay. That sounds like a great stream, both of them together. Gio, I know Gio, together.
0: Like I said before, the real tragedy here, buddy, is that I actually think that the Red Scare girls are incredibly smart and they're I think very we need them in, in the B T. No, that's no, that's not the point. It's it really is just one of those things where when you have people who allegedly work for the Russian government, there is Love, something. Love, I think I think that's a, a something... terrible
3: accusation.
0: But this is why I'm I don't saying know allegedly. If you should this go is why I'm saying
3: allegedly. This those. is why I'm saying allegedly. In front of so many this, people watching our stream, is why I'm Bob, saying I think it's allegedly. Responsible of you. Anyways, let's move, let's move on to super chats. Let's move on to super chats. Terribly responsible. I love the Red Scare. Getting I want to listen into, to them. As they're getting as into Tim.
0: Can. They're getting into Tim Dillon. Next thing you know, they're gonna go into Joe Rogan. You know, the whole thing's been. Uh, this is the thing, Gio. I feel like fucking Cassandra before Troy gets invaded over here. Nobody's listening, and you know, I know. No, exactly love. I think you're the guy in happen.
3: Life of Pi that went schizophrenic, love. But anyways, ah. uh, let's move <laughs> on. I, I break up my uh, my sort of um, ir- ironic game show host voice. I think that's. Well, you know, Lev, yeah. I don't know about By that. By the way, for Chicksasob, I, Chicks need Sasab, I have actually have a... And we, we going
0: to do there? the rest of the Super Chats? But for yes. Hob, who says over here, uh, call and stream, this is something that happens. In fact, I think we've had yep, a really well, it's successful one. Well, Twitter, ones. actually. Yeah. Yes, Twitter. Oh, your cat's uh, doing some stuff in the background there. So. Oh, uh, yeah, she's... Yeah, and the... Yeah, yeah so so for Twitter, this is something that uh, regularly happens—the uh, Twitter, uh, what do you call, it, you know, the Clubhouse ripoff thing. So, uh, Twitter spaces. spaces, Spaces. But
3: maybe we should do one in the actual Discord server. I don't know if we could. Well, uh, I don't know if we'll do a
0: Twitter Spaces again. We'll, so we haven't we'll, done we'll one figure in a few it weeks. Out. Well, we'll figure it out. So uh, next, let's go to the rest of the Super Chats, and then I got to go. Uh, so I really appreciate everybody being here, being a part of this. This was a wonderful stream. I really appreciate everybody being here. I if we here. can land Dugan now that uh, oh, Lord, Jack Murphy's out of uh, have Michigan. Have Dugan on your own channel. I don't care. Uh, okay, here we Lev, go. Lev,
3: come on. We need, you you, no, you, we you know people back in Russia that probably know him.
0: Yes, they think he's an idiot. Hold on. <laughs> Let me go over here. I so don't know about next, that. Next, next Super Chats. Well, well, the super control intellectuals of this control next Alt... Uh, no, first the ABC, $5. The Fed is speaking. It's probably referring to sticks. Uh, control Alt Delete, Four ninety nine. I did DMT and was in this desert, and the cactus throwing up rainbows told me that Metronon's cube is how our brains turn eye data into 3D objects. That's pretty interesting. I saw Metronons Cube one time when I was meditating. Control all delete 499. No comment. The dashing rogue four ninety nine. A reminder that the word sorcery in Hebrew Septuagint is called the Pharmakia in Greek. That's right. Yeah. Drugs are magic, literally.
3: Well, in, in the book of Revelation, um, I actually have to finish my book of Revelation series on my YouTube channel, Johnner Productions at YouTube.com. Uh sorcery actually meant drugs or intoxicants. They were predicting that psychedelia is leading people down the path of sorcery. Many people don't want to hear that. You included love. But
0: wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second there, buddy. I was the one who was actually against psychedelics this stream, if you recall. Oh
3: yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. See?
0: See, you're 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 trying to put me in a box. Well, and... I was
3: going to say, but then of course Here's the thing, guys. People want me to make base takes all the time, but the thing Mm. is when people come on the stream that I disagree with but who are nice and who I think have great energy like Troy, I kind of don't want to rain on their parade. You know what I mean? I I don't want to, like, be that person. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to be that confrontational with people. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, when someone's a nice guy, it's like I don't want to shit all over them. You know what I mean? It's kind of... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, go <laughs> go so the super chats. So. Okay,
0: so next uh we have P- Tux loves you, $5. Pray for Polly Frog 64's grandpa and family. His double sacramented grandpa is in the ICU on the ventilator. So yeah, oh, I mean Oh, that's, that's
3: unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody
0: everybody pray. Uh I do believe in the power of prayer and uh yeah, please, please pray. Next, we have, uh, well, we did John Eisman already. Thank you very much for that, 1999.
3: this Milan, love would have a hard time if Dugan appears. Yet it would be very interesting to finally see a Russian having the opportunity to reply to a love's view on Russia.
0: <laughs> Duke, Dugan is really good at speaking. He's got a silver tongue, so it takes, you know, it really takes very uh, intelligent have, right people. right here. The fourth uh, political theory. How embarrassing. How <laughs> embarrassing.
3: I, I have my special books I keep right next to me oh, on my man. desk. So <laughs> I have the collective works of Young right here. Actually, you you know, let me just.
0: Uh, I, it's a mess. I have to organize a lot of things. I don't things. think we've seen this angle before. Very yeah, I know, eh? Wait, is that Look a little that. figure That's down the there? I have the real red book. What's, that, what's that, that figure? Cost me $200 back
3: what? in 2012.
0: Gio, what's 2012? that figure down there? What's that figure down Which there? Which figure? A- there's like some things. Some... Oh, I
3: just have a Buddha, like a, one oh, of nice. the random
0: ones. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. All right. So I next have this we
3: painting have painting from the 1920s, a Mike uh, miniature someone did. My grandparents ah. had. So.
0: That is that is beautiful. So next, I don't think we have any more super chats. So all I want to say right now is everybody subscribe, subscribe. Keep subscribing. Break the rules. Many great TV. guests are on the way. Oh I, well, we from I think, Alex Lee Lemoyer, Jay Dyer. Apparently, yeah, Jay Dyer's coming in. I just got uh, the confirmation from him on Twitter. So uh, let's see what we're also gonna have down the line here. Let's see. Uh, Alexander Bard is coming in with uh, uh, with Anne Moutet. She is back. And nice. that is Tuesday, January eighteenth. We're going to be talking about Europe versus America. Their different approaches. Oh, we're going and...
3: to talk about because Oh, absolutely.
0: Still... Yeah, I got, I got. I got to read that declaration he did to the journals. I heard that's yeah. a pretty spicy one. For so those who don't
3: know, Anne Moutet is a journalist who has covered the French New Right for decades now, and of course, Alexander Bard is the be- best futurist. I, I think known to man in my opinion. The best techno futurist there is I wouldn't this mind him invented. I wouldn't mind him
0: speaking with Dugan. By the way, I wouldn't mind oh, him speaking with Dugan. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Next get, get Richard Well, listen, we have a policy
3: against glow in the dark spot. I hate to say it. Um no we shouldn't say that. We've actually had legit glowies. On the, sh- like the one guy that worked for Davos. Oh, that was yeah. the most eye raising, hair raising stream ever. Mark Terrell. Look it up, Lev, if you could post it. Yes. Alex Jones, listen, we're, our, <laughs> that blood is too rich, but I mean, my, if I could ever co- talk to Alex Jones one day, I think I could die a happy man. My life would <laughs> be complete. I've been listening to Alex Jones for fi- almost fifteen years now. So, well,
0: you know what? Who knows? We can make it. We can maybe make it happen. I may have some connections there. We'll see Alexander
3: I- Bard versus Chad Hag. We were actually thinking of Bard no. That
0: that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. I've been in touch with Bard. Bard is in it. Chad Hag is also excited about doing it. It's Whoa. all a matter of f- yeah. It's it's oh, done. Oh my god! Another it's tech- done. It's all, a matter finding. It's, it's all a matter of finding the time. But that, oh, and by the way, here, I just posted the link, Future of Governance Stream. This is the one with the uh, <laughs> Dave of the Spencer and D-
3: Get Richard Spencer and Dash
0: together. So, ne- oh next, God. by the way. Okay, so next, next we are going to have Tuesday, uh, February 1. This is also confirmed, again, if he ends up coming back from wherever the heaven he's going to this time. But we are going to have Alexander Bard with Lord Miles. What? Well, what
3: could they possibly talk about together? Oh,
0: a lot. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh my god. Yes, and Lord yes.
3: Miles actually got—they're gonna suspend his uh, visa, I think, or something. The British are trying to make it harder on
0: him. Oh man! Oh man! That
3: well, guy—you know, every a lot of people. Some people criticize him for being like, "Oh, you're just a British twat." That, like, you know, uh, like this. Like, Lord Miles has some pair of balls in him. Yes. Like, the man is really, in my opinion, not just because he's our friend, a friend of the show, but he is really the reincarnation of the Kiplian British spirit of travel and adventure. This is a shoot, as they say in wrestling. Mm -hmm. He really is. He doesn't care about any border or who he's going to burden. The man (laughs) is unconscious. The man is unconscionable in a way that is sexy and romantic and Byronic. I fully support Lord Miles and all of his endeavors. Yeah.
0: He truly it, is a it, it would be a great man. stream though to do like Lord Miles and Lord Byron, like back from the dead. You know, if we can. Or we're get gonna have whole... a
3: psychic come in, in the channel, Lord Byron. Yes, exactly. That's what we're gonna do. Speaking of which, speaking of psychics in the channel, we have to get John David Ebert on. I have to talk to Russell Walters again. To yeah, him get
0: with uh, with John David Siskel, and maybe we could <laughs> throw in <laughs> maybe we can throw in the uh, Jason Giorgiani for good measure too. Oh I, God, I haven't I'm given s- up. I haven't given up on Giorgiani. Look, I think. Oh that- no, please, Lev, please, Lev. <laughs> don't tell me you're trying to message him again. No, I haven't messaged him yet. But there's a part of me that thinks, you know what? If he can apologize for saying what he said about any of the Abrahamic people, the man's ev- never I'll... gonna apologize. <laughs> then I'll let him. I on. think
3: we should get Jeffrey Mishlove on. That would be a better oh, bet absolutely, than, absolutely. And
0: Georgiani, actually. So next, um, okay, I think these are. This all the... show
3: deserves at least 50k subscribers. We we have the quality of our
0: show. We probably do deserve
3: 50k subscribers, but it's
0: just it's, look like Cernovich you know. said. Like Sernovich said, the people who just crank out these very not based but base takes, you know, yeah. something that's so easy, you know, a monkey can digest it. Yeah. Yes, exactly they do end up favoring the algorithm. I think I can figure out a way to have like certain very flashy uh, thumbnails and certain we words in the there. We got the shorts though. We yeah. Up oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Short, the shorts are coming. Don't worry. The shorts are coming. Uh, I'm on
3: but- your side with Putin. Lev needs to stop listening to the CFR. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Putin right. is the basis leader alive. Jason Johnny, and John Lamblash as the Gnostic team. Against Gia well We're having know. the
0: Gnostic stream. The Gnostic stream is happening. The date that we're looking at right now for the Gnostic stream is go a uh, Gnostic debate, mind you, is Thursday, January twentieth. Uh, I just have to do some confirmations. Yep. Also, one of the people that I want to get in touch with and listen, this is something that you guys could help me with. I really Getting wanna I really on. wanna get on a short fat otaku on the stream. So if any that of you guys could, that could probably bring in some views. No, I think he's a great dude. So yeah. if you guys can get short fat Otaku's attention, I would love to have him on BTR. Actually, we are gonna have a I friend of think He of
3: knows him. Turkey Tom. So. Yeah, there we
0: go. We could we can yeah. figure something out. So listen guys, I could rattle on all day about the great guests that BTR is going to have. This should be more than enough for you not only to subscribe but to become a patron. Patreon.com slash break the rules. You could find Break the Rules on Apple, Spotify, D Live. Twitch, all the platforms BTR is on, and it's only gonna be expanding from here. I wanna get, yeah, get on yeah, I wanna get on TikTok. Turkey
3: Tom. Oh god, and TikTok. Speaking of Turkey Tom, he's a friend of the show, he's been on multiple times. I was recently uh, telling someone about our Chris Chan uh glow in the dark connection stream. Uh, <laughs> but Turkey Tom, he had this absolutely trim magnifique, excellent video he came out with about this uh the zoophile furry, I don't know. Oh some kind yes.
0: Of... I, I i saw that one, yes, indeed. Yeah. That was that was an interesting one. And so, yeah, people
3: don't know we had a furry stream and it was a total disaster.
0: Yeah, <laughs> ima- yeah. Imagine if it was by the way, imagine if it was Dragon Ball Z, but Dragon Ball like Zeta, like using that symbol that the oh, zoophiles use. The and it's going to be use. like going after like literal dragons' balls. <laughs> oh my god well you know what's the funny. end of the stream people thank you so much for watching thank you so
3: much so it's next so thursday liberty lockdown i don't know talking about uh well we're talking about lockdowns tna lockdown when they used to have that pay-per-view oh, before man. tna became another comedy joke feeder school for AEW. sorry if i if i talk about wrestling again it's gonna be another hour here so <laughs>
0: Oh, by the way, I may, be, I may be I may
3: be going on uh, Gahula stream five pounds of uh, ten pounds of Gunt to talk about the uh, recent Wrestle Kingdom from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. But other than that, uh, yeah, we're gonna have great streams on the way. Um, I'm trying to get I forget who I'm trying to get in terms of guests. Um, we may get Robert Stark to talk about his new book. Um, I, I want to do that as a personal favor to him. He is the one that wrote journey to vapor Island. So he's got a part two
0: to journey to vapor Island.
3: <laughs> and, and we're all of course talk about enclavism and all that. So, uh,
0: nice yeah and i think i'm going to be on the stream uh coming up uh how the west became christian uh with a uh, gnostic informant so i'm going to link to that as well over here i think that's going to be happening at a uh, six o'clock so i gotta go eat something right now before that happens but anyway guys uh thank you so much for watching i really appreciate all of you being here once again subscribe subscribe and keep subscribing and patreon.com slash break the rules Thank you guys so much for watching. You're gonna subscribe
3: so hard. You're gonna say no, please. I don't want to subscribe anymore, but then we're gonna subscribe again. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly mundo, <laughs> telemundo. Alright, that is it. I'm closing this thing. Thank you so much for watching. Mwah! Good night, God bless and, and good goodbye.
2: Bye. Sweet.